Oh man, are those Mesopotamia worshippers? Nah, dude, I think they're Gozer cultists. Choose the form of the destructor. Ronnie's big juicy hog. Uh, the Driller Killer. Mardi Gras Beatface. Uh, the 2016 remake. Oh shit, here it comes. Here comes the spooky. What's going on, all you chuds and chudettes? Here comes the Spookies back with episode 47. Today, we're going to talk about the dog damn greatest fucking movie that's ever fucking lived. That was terrible. Ghostbusters! I'm so excited that I'm being stupid. So sit back, relax, tie that buddy to a chair, and make him listen to your second favorite podcast. Did you say... Dog long? Yes. Okay. No, that's fine. Fuck it. Go with it. Yeah. Ooh. We're running with it. All <laughs> dog long day. Fuck it. Welcome <laughs> back. Uh, welcome back to the Here Comes the Spooky podcast. I am your host, Cincinnati Jeff. And with me always is the other half of the Dukes of Spook, my favorite friend in the whole wide world, Nachos with Werewolf. Nachos, how you doing, buddy? How is everybody doing tonight? Because we're talking about motherfucking Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters related Things. Right? I'm so excited. I fucked up our intro. Like, uh, whatever. I don't care. It's going to be okay. Yeah. I'll get over it. Right? Do you need some coffee? Uh, <laughs> coffee. Yes. I have some. There you go. So, um, we are Ghostbusters, right? We are officially sanctioned Ghostbusters as of uh, 24 hours ago. We had to wait for the paperwork to square it from New York. But we're good now. Well, busting makes me feel good. So goddamn good. I believe it's magic, but... <laughs> So, uh, before we get started, as per usual, we have some talking points. That's what I get for fucking up the intro. Now, to the real button. News and stuff. We're so professional. Yeah. All right. So, I only put one piece of news on here because we've got a little treat for the listeners okay. right after that. Uh, Womp Stomp Films, our very mm-hmm. good close personal friend, Vincent DeSanti. Good guy. Is starting to raise funds for what is looking to be a feature-length sequel to the Never Hike Alone Friday the 13th fan film. So what this is, is a sequel to Never Hike Alone. Now, he's done Never Hike in the Snow, which is a prequel. Okay. And they had like a music video. Yeah, disappear. Yes. And then they have the Never Hike Alone. Now, this is the sequel to that. So this should include everybody that's already been in it. Right. Excuse me. Plus some new characters, uh, more kills. And this is this is uh, he's aiming for a feature length. Yeah. Film. I'm I'm on board. How much do I pay? His uh, his first Never Hike Alone was clocked in right around 40, 44 minutes, somewhere like that. It's good time, man. Good time. Um, Never Hike in the Snow, which up the production quality for sure. Got in. Rick Colon was back. That's right. Uh, Had Tommy Doyle was back. But that this one was even shorter. Tommy Jarvis. Did I say Tommy Doyle? God Tommy damn it. Doyle. Are yeah. you all right? Do you need to take a nap? I'm fucking up, dude. All right, it's going to be all right. I'm just so excited about Ghostbusters. All right. Yeah, fair enough. Um, So that one was, it was only like 32 minutes, something like that, like collecting a little over a half hour. Oh, I thought it was like 20-something, but, dude, I haven't seen it in a minute. So what, what he's winter. doing to help raise funds for that movie is uh, he's going to gr- crowdfund a new project, um, which is the new Ghost Cut. Okay. Um, like physical 
ghost Ooh, cut. A concrete, nice. Yeah, so nice. like on VHS, on Blu-ray, this is a ghost cut of all the previously released movies in the Never Hike Alone franchise. Okay. Uh, edited together into I- into one cohesive story, and this also will include all the previous bonus materials from his other Blu-ray releases. There's deleted scenes and shit in there, and yeah. plus new stuff that has never been released before. I think it's on YouTube, but the uh, ghost cut is okay. But this is like this is for you to own a physical copy, right? If we can help Vincent out, help get this fucking project done, yeah, absolutely. I'll buy two. So if you haven't, if you're just not like listening to this and you're yeah. like, oh, I've never checked this out before, check it out. Do it, it. Is the best Friday Thirteenth fan film I've ever seen. Honestly, the dude is a fantastic filmmaker. His knows, other stuff is really he good. He knows too. what the fuck he's doing, and I'll say it rivals some of the canon shit. To be completely honest, it does because. Uh, also, they're being total buttholes by not be giving us any films because of this fucking lawsuit. So like, I'm I'm hoping that his stuff just grows so popular that when this is finally settled, they just that approach somebody him. will murder Sean Cunningham. Or, <coughs> 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 Listen to Orange that's, Joe. That's right. Murder those producers that aren't making movies for us. So um, that won't hold up in court, will it? Eh, maybe. It's, oh. Is it a threat? Eh, we'll find out. But definitely check out the Never Hike Alone series. I mean, it's awesome. He's an incredible filmmaker. He acts in it. He is in he's he's Ghost Jason. Yeah, he's Ghost Jason. And he's he's wonderful in that. He just love letter to the franchise, man. I mean, this thing is cool. He knows what the fuck he's doing. Um if this guy got a shot like behind the wheel of a feature film that was backed by Paramount. Dude. And fuck Ronnie you for like, oh, I've never seen a Friday the 13th, but I got the keys to the franchise. No, let Vincent do that shit, man. Yeah. That'd be. He makes, he yeah. makes, he is a fan and he makes movies for fans. It's like FUBU, but for Jason. So it's Fujujubies. <laughs> I think that's it. Anyway. <laughs> so next up, because we did, like I said, we wanted to keep the news kind of small and short. What we did. Since we are so excited about Ghostbusters, I'm so fucking excited that I can't keep my fucking words straight. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, so scared. I'm so scared. Is we did our top 10 Ghostbuster ghosts. All right. In any particular order? Or no, so kinda... it's in no particular order. I'm saving my, I am saving my favorite for last for sure. Same. But we just, we picked it. And we, what we did was is we went through over basically the entire franchise of the original run. Yeah. So the first movie, the second movie. The animated series. animated series and the toy line and the toy line. Sorry, Ghostbusters Extreme, not this time. I do have a little blurb about Extreme. Okay, I, I know you're a fan. I am a fan. Um, nothing from the 2016 movie that, at all. That happened, and then nothing from the comic books, which it was really good. The you know what I'm the like, IDW ones are really fun. They I, not Marvel, but it was like not Image, whatever. It was like no comics or whatever. They did a shit ton back in the fucking like late 80s, early 90s. Great cover art. Uh, they, and they would revisit Ghost from the show, mm-hmm. which was really good. Yeah, dude, smart, smart on their part. So I'll, I'll go ahead and go first. Okay, if you don't mind. No, go for it, man. So my first one is Belrinthon, uh, also known as the Thing in Mrs. Faversham's attic. So this is from the cartoon. All of mine are from the cartoon show. You know what? I just had Scooby Doo flashbacks when we were doing that, and I hit up like one of the demons. It was like. The monster that's made of tentacles and eyeballs. I'm like, that's what this is. So oh. this is the demon. This is an actual demon okay. that her father summoned from hell, 
and it only lives in her attic. So, like, as a kid, if you ever, like, frightened of your attic or, like, you know, yeah, because my dad's some fucking demon up there. This thing looks like a giant purple cloud with multiple eyes, like, all over its body. Okay. Um, It could control objects in the attic. It could possess people. It, it was just, it, it was giant. All it right. Was, it was huge. It was kind of like, you go up into the attic, you're basically, like, inside it hits dimension. And it, it was nutty, dude. And I loved every minute of it. This oh. is, like, I want to see season two. That show fucking was dropping some real dark shit. All we have in my attic are those deformed Mexican twins, Chichu and Cleeclop. And every now and again, they'll hang a hand down for some fucking, you know, fajita fixings. But, you know, they're good. They they, they learn to stay quiet. But uh, I guess it's my turn then. Yeah, go for it. All right. I'm going the animated series. I'm going the Headless Motorcyclist. Oh, yeah. Because if you the remember. The Headless Rider. Dude, that. That fucked me up as a kid because, you know, it's it's a nice updated twist on the old, you know, Ichabod Crane shit. And he's on a fucking sweet Kawasaki motorcycle throwing heads at you. So I have him as well because he's fucking awesome on here. So I'll just kind of jump right into that as my as my second one. Yeah. And same thing. So what he is, is is like Nacho said, he's the an updated version of the Headless Horseman. But he's actually the original Headless Horseman who could not kill Ichabod Crane. So he's out to get his fucking kids. Yeah, so he's yeah. like chasing, like his his whole motivation is to chase down all of Ichabod's relatives. And now he's in, at the time, modern day New York, yeah. riding a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. um, he can throw his head, it explodes, and then like he regenerates another one. Respawn, lol. Yeah, that's really cool. So, all right, buddy, go ahead. Uh, all right. I'm going to go to the toy series for a minute. Uh, I was a big fan of the pull speed ahead ghost. He's this purple monster who has chucks on and he has his hands in his mouth, oh, like the goat, yeah. you know, goatsy and his, and his tongues hang, his tongue hangs out. So there's a slot in his back where he comes with this demon bat. It has a long tail, which is the rip cord. So like you fucking rip that shit. This wheel starts spinning and all these sparks start spraying out of his mouth. Just I'm starting fires. I'm surprised I didn't burn my fucking house down. <laughs> How about you? I've actually, I, 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 honestly, I think you have. I have it. I have it, and I assumed maybe you have it on there. Just shake your head if you do or don't. I assumed you had like the possessed toilet. No, it just seems like right. I was saving that for you. Um, so the next one for me is the Grundle. (laughs) I knew you were gonna fucking say it, right, dude? So, fun fact: this is the only ghost from the original cartoon show that got. Uh, a part two story in Extreme Ghostbusters. Okay, I was going to say, because I think there's a dude on our list that... Uh, whatever, anyway, go ahead. So, ba- like, this, he, it's it's so creepy. Because he looks like the elephant man from Return of the And, like, the, the way he talks, it's almost kind of, like, pedophile-ish. He's like, when the adults leave, yep. we'll go have fun. Mm-hmm. So he calls out to children, like, through their bedroom window and influences them to kind of do bad, horrible things. And as they remain under his influence, the longer they are, they start to turn into grundles themselves, and then they go off and fucking possess more children and so on and so forth, and the cycle continues. They grundle around. So, like, you can capture the one, but you don't know if you've got them all. You have the core grundle. Exactly. That's weird. He's creepy, and the way he talks is... It's good. So go ahead, buddy. All right. I'm going to go with the Wolfman monster from the toy line. I, I showed him. I showed him off on, on fucking Instagram. A couple, of, couple of years ago. Yeah. I think it was what last season you squeeze his legs together. I saw like, I think the third season of the Ghostbusters toys, they're like, yeah, we can do all these ghosts, but we can do monsters too. So I think it was like Dracula, Frankenstein, some fucking the Haitian mummy. zombie, the mummy. Uh, and then some other dumb one, and then the fucking Wolfman, and he's dope because you squeeze his legs together because action features fucking rule, and he throws his hands back, and he tilts his head back, and how 
Wars, and it's fucking cool. Yeah, he that, that was one of my favorite ones. And I like it, too, because he's like, because he's a, if I remember the backstory on it, he's like, he's kind of a nerd. All right. Because he's like, he's wearing basically what I'm wearing right now, right? Like, All right, a, you like fucking a, like a poindexter. Button, button down and some, like, jeans and tennis shoes. He's got, like, a little pocket protector. And, like, when he, when he, when he hulks out into the werewolf and transforms. His dick straight rips through <laughs> his pants. Uh, so, for me, next up, uh, number four is the Boogeyman. He's on my list, too. Right? So, he looks like a punk rocker. With, like, blue mohawk. It's like the Joker's head on Porky Pig's body and kind of strangely erotic. It's weird. So his powers are cool because he can use doors inside his own dimension to enter. No, dude, fuck that. There's nothing cool about this dude. This dude is straight up nightmare fuel because, like, look at your door. Yeah, any uh, any children's closet on Earth he can visit via the doors in his dimension. And his head is ginormous. So, like, you see the size of an average door. His head is, like, three-fourths of that. Yeah. And fuck his creepy it's like ass. 80% head. Do not like. Do not like. Uh, he draws his power from fear, so the more afraid you are of him, like the stronger he gets. And, and he can manipulate reality, so even when he's on Earth, he can fuck with it. That's, that's like some almost Thanos-level type shit. Right? And he doesn't wear fucking pants, and he's just like, look at my porky pig bulge. <laughs> All right, go ahead, buddy. Uh, well, the, so I'm going to go with the Scolari brothers from Ghostbusters 2. Yes. I know we weren't supposed to, but whatever. That's my favorite scene. And So what's what's the backstory on these guys? Uh, the Scolari brothers, uh, they were up for murder, and the judge gave them the chair. No, originally they were modeled not after the Blues brothers. Common misconception, they were modeled after the Weinstein brothers. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> Must be the European cut. Yeah, yeah, it's the... Yeah. That man. is my favorite fucking scene from the second it's movie. It's the Scolari brothers. I gave them the chair. <laughs> Tried to for murder. Gave them the chair. Well, they're back. Do something. Dude. My, my, my clients are still under the judicial restraining order. That blue thing I got from her. And they don't want to be exposing ourselves themselves. So, obviously, somebody in this room has seen Ghostbusters 2 a lot more than me, a lot more recently than I have. I just watched it today, and I watch it all the time. I love to. Uh, all right. So, number five for me, a weird one to find in a children's show, especially in the 80s, is, is he so popular right now? Cthulhu, the old one. Oh, no shit. Like, the fucking Cthulhu. Wait. Do they summon Stay Puft Marshmallow Man to beat his ass, or is that a different thing? I think... I don't that know. That was in an episode. That no, because he yeah, he is not summoned here because he's immune to all damage in the show, and basically he summoned via magic, and therefore he's weak only to magic, and like a spell has to banish him again. Alright. Like they can't use like they try their proton packs and they blow holes in him and he just fucking regenerates himself because he's fucking Cthulhu. You know I should have consulted a Tobin's spirit guide, you know, fuck me. <laughs> Did I tell you this? What? I might give it away, but uh somebody's getting Tobin's spirit guide for Christmas. They make one. Oh shit! Like legit, like it, and it's like looks like it's written in Sumerian. Uh, yes, yeah, it's cool, dude. Yeah. Okay, pre-ordered one. I don't know if I told you, but uh, I'm I'm spoiling it on the episode because I want to tell the listeners. But uh, you can pre-order it on Amazon. From who? Oh, Amazon. <laughs> He's an Amazonian uh, arms dealer. You can buy stuff from him off the. It internet. costs snoo snoo. Oh fuck my hips! I just healed. So go ahead, buddy. All right. Um. The ghost Titanic from fucking Ghostbusters 2 because <laughs> that legit creeps me out and it's what's it's Cheech. It's like Cheech Marin. He's yeah. like better late than never or something like that. <laughs> like just 
how it's depicted, which honestly, the Titanic should have been ripped in two pieces. That's so. It's the this, it's the scene leading up to it. Sorry to cut you off. No, no, I'm. We're like the they're at the police station. The switchboard's blowing up, and it's like, I'm sorry, what your what came alive? Like all these cops are answering like different phone calls about right. ghosts, and the one dude stands up. He's like, Chief, you got to take these. He's like, I'm fucking busy. I'm He's up like, to my gills with ghosts. It's the harbor master. Right. He says the Titanic just arrived. Right. It, <laughs> so it's Cheech and who's the other dude? Uh, so he's got one. He, he isn't. He's an actor. Yes. He, I don't remember his name, but he's one of those actors that you've seen in a ton of stuff, usually in the background or on, on TV. You know what? I'll Google that shit. We'll figure it out later. Yeah. Well, I know for a fact he's in Roseanne. Oh, he's one of Dan's drinking buddies, if I'm remembering correctly. I know right. he's on the show. Okay. Uh. Well. Wow, what's up? What you got? Uh, some Sandman. Oh, so another uh, again from the sh- from the cartoon. Okay. Um, the, the craziest thing about him is he's not necessarily inherently evil, but like he's a nerd. He feels that Earth is filled with bad people, and he talks like this. But he's got a tiny ass body. He's so little. He's so got like, that big ass head. Yes, That's right, giant head. And his sleep powder can put a person to sleep for 500 years. That's a little excessive, don't you think? <laughs> right? And while they're asleep, their nightmares... The uh, grundle comes man- and fucks you in your ass. <laughs> they manifest in the real world, so that's like that's where the issues come from. It's like Janine's having fucking nightmares because she's put under the spell and like all her nightmares are coming to life. Okay. That's so, that's a good one, man. Yeah, the Sandman. Super all right. Good. Well, uh, to stick with the theme of the cartoon show, I'm going my motherfucking dude, Sam Hain. Oh, I got him too! Because... That shit, he he's the king dingling. He's evil as fuck. He is a class six lower life form that can control other ghosts, halt time, and create an eternal night. And his head's a motherfucking pumpkin. Yeah. Yeah, he's just like, I'm a ghoulie dude in a robe. I mean, honestly, I'd say out of all the villains from the Ghostbusters show, he's like the creme de la creme. Probably one of the most iconic ones. Straight up, I'd say him and the booger man. Like, if you just saw a picture of him and you hadn't watched the show in 20 years, you're right. like, that's Ghostbusters. Yeah. I know it. Mm-hmm. I might not remember his name, but I know I know that dude. And he shows up in Extreme Ghostbusters, too. I, I don't remember what he does. I think he uh, puts that black guy in the wheelchair or something. So he's... He, what is he? Is he in the intro? He's not in the show. He's, like, in the intro or something where they're, like, they're showing fighting him, but he's not in the show. Something like that. Because I know he merited a toy when uh, Trinmaster was doing the Extreme Ghostbusters. He had a figure where his head launches off, and then... um. God, I want to say it's Biz Biz with Bang or whatever. They did uh, some Mezco or um, Mecco, you know, figures, the soft dolls from you know mm-hmm. yesteryear. So they did a Janine as a Ghostbuster and a Sam Hain, and then a that's right. Yeah, it was a two back. Mm-hmm. Came with a little Schleimer. And uh, all right, what about you? All right, so I got two here. Uh, they're similar but yet different. Again, okay, all mine from the cartoon. Uh, f- this one, the People Busters. Do you remember these guys? So is that from Citizen So these ghost? are uh, zombie ghost versions of the Ghostbusters from a ghost dimension of Boo York. Fuck. And Boo York. Right? They're they're like they're they're zombies. Like okay. Egon's like missing an eye and like part of his jaw. All right. Um Peter's got holes all over his head. They have they have their proton packs are actually slime packs. Yes. With like Body parts and floating eyeballs inside them. I was going to say. All right, now. And they shoot green slime that, like, traps the victims. If we're doing parodies of that, do you remember, um, fuck, I don't remember the call, but they had, like, a knockoff version of The Simpsons on the real Ghostbusters. 
I'll look it up. I'll show yeah, you. I don't remember that. I'll show you when we go on break. It's fucking dumb. There's 150 episodes. It's hard to keep track of all of them. Dude, and I just, real quick with that show, used to watch it a bunch when I was a kid. So high school was on like the ABC Family Channel or whatever. And I got really fucking high and I watched it. And the plot was fucking crazy intricate. I think it had something to do with like, Ivo Shandor, some shit, used the fucking Statue of Liberty as a hyperconductor for yeah. paranormal activity. And I'm like, this is a fucking kid show, dude. It's like basically the plot from the first one. Yeah, kind of. Because he's, he's a friend a couple times. I mean, and that's what I liked about the show is like Zool and Gozer are mentioned a few times. Mm-hmm. So uh, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, the People Busters. Check them out, too. So like I had a lot of fun just remembering all them and like going through and like looking up all the different like monsters and ghosts. All right. I'm going to go and he doesn't even get a name, but do you remember the Ecto one came with a little orange ghost? Yeah. All right. You're holding one. Yeah, I have. So I got this from uh, Simon at toy Saurus T O Y underscore S A U R U S toy Saurus toy Saurus on Instagram. So what he does is he takes these, uh, Little figurines like I have the one that came with. I want to say that. So these are these are the the ghosts that came with the original Kenner figures of the real Ghostbusters. Right. Each each Ghostbuster came with a little tiny ghost to to capture the little battle ghost. Yeah, yeah. and this is the one that came with the Ecto one. I, I just refer to him as the Ecto one ghost. So yeah. what he does is he takes it and then he morphs the molds. He just keeps growing on them. So like. It's the size of a baseball. Yeah, this is like a, the original was like a little this, dinkster, like a little bit bigger than like a bottle cap. Yeah. But, like, this thing is the size of a baseball. You fucking chuck it at somebody, it's going to do some damage. Yeah, they're going to have a bad time. Yeah, and I they're would, cool. He does limited runs of them, but, uh, so this is just the all-solid orange one, but, like, he'll do one with, like, glow-in-the-dark stripes or just, Because like, you have also stuff. have a glow-in-the-dark one here as I ha- well. I had to, man. Yeah. Fucking glow-in-the-dark Dude, I'm, I'm a sucker nostalgia, for a yeah. all the above. And you got a couple others, too. Yeah, I, I fucking, because I never had the original Core 4 back in the day. I had the wacky ghost features one, so I think this came with, like, Egon. That one comes with Egon. I have that one up there. This one comes with Ray. Fucking somebody out there's gonna be like, these fucking posers don't know shit. They don't remember what little ghost figurine came with what you know, fucking eighties when they were like three. Yeah, unacceptable. Little <laughs> pussy babies. All right, obligatory plug out of the way. Right. All right. So I got two left. All right. Uh, my second to last one is right up there with the People Busters. This is the anti-Ghostbusters. Now, this is from Citizen Ghost, where they're they, they're old uniforms. Yes! Okay. I love it. Best plot, because they're old uniforms. from the movie. It's what happens at the end of right? the first movie. So they battle Gozer in the mm-hmm. first movie. They're all zoomed up. Egon's like, look, we our, our uniforms absorbed a lot of spectral energy. Mm-hmm. Peter, get rid of these. And he's like, he doesn't. He just fucking throws them in a pile next to the containment unit in the basement. He's too busy drinking beer and smoking Then some like cigarettes. ectoplasm leaks on him. They basically become possessed mm-hmm. and turn into spectral forms of the Ghostbusters. And they're the anti-Ghostbusters. Who just basically come to life and try to kill the real Ghostbusters in for Gozer. Kind of like the uh, slime version of Rick and Morty. <laughs> and it, it's just so cool. I, I loved it. I And I love when they would throw back to the movies. I mean, you know, got to treat your fans. If I remember correctly, the second one didn't get as much love in the show, but nah. the first one got quite a bit. I, I mean, honestly, I think they were probably in the later seasons when the second movie came out. But I want to say that was 88. Fuck, maybe. I don't know. I know uh, they got, wait, because Dave Coulier came in at some point. And started doing voices for Peter? I think so. Yeah, because Lorenzo Music wasn't dead yet. 
Not sure on that one, but I know they had Arsenio Hollis Winston. All right, here, just real quick, what fucks me up? 89 was Ghostbusters 2. Okay. Oh, no shit. All right. So is it Zedamore or Zedmore? Zedmore. Because I hear it Zedamore all the time, and I'm like, I'm not saying that. That's fucking stupid. It is Winston Zedmore. Okay, good. So I haven't been saying it like a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. All right. So you should, uh, you got uh, your next one? The Terror Dogs. Ah, They're scary yeah. as fuck. I kind of see what I want to kind of no spoilers or total spoilers. They're doing something with the tear dogs in the new movie coming out in a couple months, which is my they have like people legs. They're like wear tear dogs, mm-hmm. which is maybe why we're doing this episode. I don't now. know if I have it in the trivia because I have a lot of trivia, but the tear dogs in the original movie were actually modeled from real life statues that the director found on a church in New York. Okay. So like creepy he's like gargoyles. Pretty much, but right. they were dogs, and he's like, those look great. So he basically, like, they're one-for-one one models of what he would find in this church. Okay. Uh, so, um... Is that me or you? Uh, me now. All so, right. this is my last one, number yeah. 10 for me. This is my favorite one of all time, the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. Yep. Both from the, the movie, but my, actually, honestly, I, I love it more in the show, right? Giant marshmallow ghost. And what I love about it is, like, they fight him a couple times in this cartoon, but eventually they be, like befriend him. Yeah, and Slimer befriends him. He learns to talk, and they like they summon him like a Godzilla monster to help fight giant other ghosts. It's like the summon from a Final Fantasy game. Like, oh, you think you're shit? Stay puff. And that's what I fucking love about it. Like that thing's too giant. Like there was a giant praying mantis one they had to fight one time. Um, Yo, you remember the Volkswagen bug that turned that, into the praying mantis? Janine's car. That was cool. unofficially because hers was pink. This one was yellow, but yeah. Right. So it's, it's essentially that ghost and they bring him out of the containment unit or the ghost dimension. Right. And they're like, stay puffed. You fight him. Like and they would do that all the time. And I loved that. I loved stay puffed. Um, my favorite ghost of all time. Hands down. I don't want to get into it too much because I talk a lot about him later, but, uh, I got some respect for State Puffed. And also, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think like State Puffed Marshmallows were a real company like in the 60s or something, and they got shit canned. And then so that's where they're just like resurgence. Uh, Do you have any honorable mentions? I do. I think we both have the same one. One, two, three. Uh, It's Slimer. Slimer, but I have another one too. Oh, yeah. You get your last one, right? Uh, Did you do all 10? Yeah, I just want to throw this in because this is fun. Okay. The fur, Fur Coat Ghost. From the second movie. Oh, dude, that's so good, man. <laughs> fuck, it's just, I like how it runs away and all the fucking heads are trying to run in different all, directions. It's like, like a, a rat, rat king. king. Yep, yep. <laughs> and that lady's having a bad time. Well, fuck that bitch anyway. So, for you that are home, like, we honorable mention Slimer. Here's the thing. Slimer's fucking Slimer. Everybody loves Slimer. It's not that we couldn't put him on the list. It's just... Why take up a spot for somebody that obviously we know we're yeah, going to talk about right. a ton? Exactly. We're good. Slimer's fucking awesome. He's great in the movies. I love that he's driving the bus in the second one. I like that he even has a fucking girlfriend in the in remake. The, yeah. Now think of them fucking. <laughs> no, think about it. I don't want to. There's going to be food play involved. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like Artie Lang having sex with Rosie O'Donnell's butthole. Um, well, they're both high on cocaine. Yeah, of course. They, you know what? They snort. It's like Lady and the Tramp, but they're doing a line, and they bonk their heads, and they look up, and they just start making out with each other, but they can't feel it because they're dead. Rosie, before we get into it, I need you to take that bike pump, shove the fucking hose up my nose, and fucking blow it up to normal size so I could do this cocaine. And then I'm going to stick my nose in your pussy. <laughs> All right. All right. So uh, that's it for the top 10. Uh, Thanks for coming, and we'll see you guys later. All right. Uh, Stay spooky. (laughs) Oh, I thought.
<laughs> oh, I thought you were pausing it. All right. No. no let's uh, okay. So now we're moving on uh, to the movie itself. When, where was the first time you saw the original Ghostbusters? Oh, buddy, I, I can't tell you. I grew up with this movie. I had the same thing. Yeah. I left it blank. I was a fucking kid. I, I was born the year after this movie came out. You were born You were born the month it came out. Yes. I used my mom like a meat uh, mech suit. And I, like I, a periscope. Yes. I told her. It was, I was like crying in her guts. And I'm like, Mom, we're going to go see this movie. She's like. You're tweaking her nipples from the inside. Yes. Like control knobs. Like the NES advantage. <laughs> and then, uh, so yeah, I made her Mo- moving her like the statue. Mm-hmm. I, I was using the fucking advantage. Actually, I had the turbo controller because I wanted to get to that theater fast and she needed to lose weight because she was fucking pregnant, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's a dig at pregnant chicks, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> and your mom, and, and now I, I have fucking fat shameophobia over here. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so then I just like climbed up through her mouth and I was just like, yeah, this movie, the rules get some popcorn, bitch. Same. All right. And that's and that's a big thing. Like when this came out, She's only they intended four, this dude. to be a comedy horror movie, and they were surprised how much children really liked it. This was meant for adults, and they were surprised how much kids liked it. With the whole, oh, you mean like when the ghost sucks that dude's dick off? That are like just you know fighting ghosts. Like it, it did. It was not intended to be a children's franchise, and that just happened to, it just happened to be that just happened to turn out to be that way. Look how orange that fucker is. He is orange, man. I love him, dude. Me too. So, this is not a video nasty. This is not on our Hello Nasty list. Directed by Ivan Reitman, who uh, obviously has a ton of movies under his belt here. Um, But uh, honorable mentions that we want to talk about Cannibal Girls, Meatballs. I don't get Meatballs, man. I I don't get the concept. Like, What's cool about that movie? I mean, Bill I, Murray gives sex advice to kids. I get it was funny when I when I saw it. Like I was pretty young, and I don't know, like maybe six I go or meatballs seven, too because you get funny. totally legit ET, not a parody at all. Uh, the meatballs too was fun. I don't remember. Uh so he did uh, stripes, yeah. stripes rules, Ghostbusters one and two. Yes, twins, really, Junior, huh. Ev- Evolution, and my super ex girlfriend. Oh, with uh, uh, Uma Thurman. Yeah. And, and the, she throws a and, shark uh, at Luke Wilson. Wow. Or no, one no that's Owen Wilson. Or oh. one of them. Yeah, one of those Wilsons. The, the, the dark-haired one that doesn't have the fucked up nose. Not the one who is in Wedding Crashers. There. Okay. Uh, Not the one who goes, yeah, we got to use 100% of our heart. My heart. <laughs> that one. Not that one. The normal one. Gotcha. <laughs> normal Wilson. Yeah. The one from uh, uh, old school. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So now it's time to meet our casualties. Oh my God, he's killing me. He's killing me. He's killing me. So I only went with the big names here. And here's the thing on my list. I didn't put anything that they're fucking in because we know them off the top of our Yeah, heart. you should fucking know by now. Yeah. Now, don't talk. I like the xylophone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, in no particular order here, we have Bill Murray, who plays Peter Venkman. 
Yes. You don't know who Bill Murray is? Seriously? Fuck off. Did you just get out of a coma from the 1930s? Yeah. Check well, out our Scrooge episode. We'll yeah. tell you all about who he is. Also, go back into your coma and give us your bank account. Next join up. our Patreon. There we go. <laughs> Next up, Dan Aykroyd, who plays Ray Stance. If you don't know who he is, check out our uh, fucking nothing but trouble, trouble episode. Yeah. <laughs> We've got Harold Ramis, who was also the writer. Is he an STL <clears throat> native, right? Uh, I don't know. I know that Bill Murray's an Illinois native. Oh, okay. Um, so Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis wrote this movie. Harold Ramis plays Egon Spangler. Oh. What happened was is is Dan Aykroyd wrote the original movie. Damn, and it was it was busy. It was it very was quite epic. different. Like, yeah, they had wands that they used, not proton packs. Like they actually had wands. Not and neutrino like, wands, sure. They like casted magic spells with them and stuff. Ooh, expelliarmus. They brought Harold Ramis in to do rewrites, right. and that's how he got involved with this. He plays again Egon Spangler. Uh, uh, Rick Moranis does an uncredited. Uh, he's a writer in this too. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Well, and now you know. We've got my favorite. My favorite Ghostbuster of all time. Fuck yeah, dude. Ernie Hudson. Yep. Sorry, I'm just so excited. Ernie Hudson as Winston Zedmore. I love, I love Winston. We'll always, get into all that later, Always my favorite. Yes, I have a whole thing about it. Um, look, if it's look, a study again, paycheck, I don't, you Right, know. Ernie Hudson. Like, check him out. Check He's, out The Crow. Congo. Uh, uh Dragon Ball Evolution. God, I hate to say that. I personally loved him in Psych as Gus's dad. Oh. In in the episode, Gus's dad may have killed somebody. <laughs> we hear you, son. We hear you. Wasn't David Keith also one of his dads? Yeah, he, just was. Gonna, he was. They're just going to do that. Like, yeah. Okay. I think they left the mom the same and switched up the dads. Okay. Sorry, I have to write this down or I'll forget it. But keep, I do. I just I love me some Ernie Hudson for sure. Uh, Sigourney Weaver. As Dana Barrett? Never heard of her. Yeah, and I have no idea who that could be. Oh, she was a predator, yeah? <laughs> she arm wrestles the Yatu or whatever. <laughs> you know, one of those things. Uh, then, of course, Rick Moranis as Lewis Tully. Canadian's little fucking bonus treasure, man. Oh, man. I love him. I Now that his kids are grown up, I really wish he would come back because his, his special brand of character acting and comedy, I just, it's really missed. Um, it's really, really missed. Now I know, and other than Bill Murray, just a king of improv. He's good. Uh, his his physical humor in this is fucking pretty great. So Bill, or uh, I'm sorry, Rick and he's Mur like that in everything, dude. Little Giants, that was fun. Or not Little Giants. Name me a bad Rick Moranis movie. Yeah, exactly. I'm not. I'm not on my A game today. But have you ever heard any of Rick Moranis's country music stuff? No. Yeah. So that's that's why he's like, oh, I'm cool on acting right now because I'm kind of doing this country music stuff, and it's very uh, tongue in cheek, uh, satirical, uh, kind of almost weird owlish to a degree. Really? Yeah. It's not bad. Well, fucking listen to it, it on Smoke Break or whatever. Uh, then we've got Annie Potts. She good. I like her as Janine Melnitz in fucking Designing Women. <laughs> That's why I know that uh, Michaels used to sell a Delta Burke plus size lingerie line. She was also in uh, Corvette Summer. I never saw that, but I heard it's good. It's pretty good. It's pretty funny. And I heard she's fucking smoke showing that too, dude. I told you earlier. I for the longest time when I was a kid, I thought that uh, Annie Potts and um, Cindy Lapa. Yeah, Cindy Lauper were the same person because, and, and then a bird shit in Cindy Lauper's. They mouth look alike, especially in part two. She's got like wild outfits and hair. Well, you know why she's like that in two? And they talk like they have a similar like 
way of talking. Americans ain't got no accents. Uh, so they, because in, the, in the first couple seasons of the cartoon show, they're like, this is a little boy show. We need to make this more toyetic and shit. So they made her like super hyper obnoxious and shit and like made her boobs bigger and she gave was her different fun. glasses. I liked her. So that's why she's like that in the second movie. Okay. Man. And then last, but certainly not least, William Atherton. Who plays Walter Dickless Peck? This dude is just a shit clown in every movie he's in. I heard a fun little anecdote. I love him it. in all the diehards. And I'm super bummed that he's only in one and two and they didn't continue on with him. What would they just like come to his house and fucking light his car on fire? In I the just, front yard? I would love, I would love to see him come back. So he's in Biodome, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's, just, I am God. No, I am God. I am God. <laughs> uh, so he was walking down the street in like New York. And, and so, Oh, I got this. I have this. Uh, well, I'm going to shut the fuck I up. Have it. I have right. it. I have it. So that's, uh, that's, that's all I wanted to run through. Do you have any bonus, uh, um, appearances by anybody you want to talk about? Not yet. All right. Oh, well, we'll save that for the trivia. Right. Can I go pee before you jump in? No, because okay. we're not quite there yet. All so right. shit down. Shut the fuck up. I don't want to shit my pants again today. Yeah. You piece of shit. So, uh, released in June of 84. Mm -hmm. So, what I did here was, instead of horror movies, comedies. Okay. Um, Gremlins came out the same year. Check out our Gremlins episode. Beverly Hills Cop, which actually cost us an actor. I wouldn't say that necessarily because I prefer the choice that they went with instead. Check out our Beverly Hills Cop episode. Uh, the Toxic Avenger. We have not done that yet. Police Academy. So what the fuck was up with people in the 80s thinking that, like, Steve Gutenberg was a sex icon? I don't know. It was the 80s, man. Because he's not. And cocaine. They thought that Bill Murray was a sex icon. Uh, well, he's funny. Um, Top Secret. Oh, my God. I love Top Secret. If it's basically a, a spy naked gun movie. It's spy hard before spy hard. Dude, that movie's skeet surfing. <laughs> I love that fucking movie. I like Top Secret. Uh, this is Spinal Tap also came out. And then last but certainly not least. The Muppets take Manhattan. I mean, if Jason can, what's, you know, what right. the fuck is stopping us? I'm pretty sure Jason took Vancouver yeah. and then maybe Slime Square. Well, he took a, yeah, took a, took a boom box. Oh, I'm not wearing <laughs> that hoodie. Uh, um, so how to watch this film literally everywhere. I don't know, man, because when I try to stream it, because I claim to be such a fucking diehard fan, I'm like, oh, I have it on Blu-ray. No, you don't. I don't. I was like, oh, I have it on the first release of fucking DVD. Like, that shell is like a fucking cassette, you know, giant plastic. It's not the thing. one that's like the cardboard wrapped one? No, fuck those. Those suck. Fuck those. No. Uh, yeah, it's not streaming on anything. It's Actually, it, so is, it is on Amazon, but it's five bucks. It is streaming, but you have to pay for it. But, I mean, it, it's everywhere. It's This is not a hard movie to come by at all. You probably already own it. I have them both I have, on VHS. I had them. I've got the green slime version on DVD that comes with one and two, and it has a little scrapbook. And I too did not own it on Blu-ray, and was surprised to find out. I was like, I can't believe I don't own this on Blu-ray. But normally, I'm watching it streaming. Like for the past probably ten years, I've watched it online somewhere. Buddy, I'm almost positive I saw it on your fucking Blu-ray shelf. Like, it is. It's over there now. Like not you know prior to because so it, it's I went. Case. I went and bought yeah. it and uh, got the steel case. So again, this movie's not hard to find. But if you're looking for a home version. Go for the 30th anniversary release because it has a ton of stuff. I mean, the first few Blu-rays got a few things. The DVDs don't have much. But the DVDs do include cartoon episodes, which yeah. I loved. And the Blu-ray does not. Yeah, dude. So I was kind of, I specifically remember that, but 
I couldn't find it on mine. It, they're on mine. But like, it, it, that's the funny thing about this is each of the releases seem to contain something the others don't, and always something is removed and something else takes its place. Gotcha. So 30th anniversary is what you want because it has tons of unseen footage, um, alternate takes and angles of, of certain scenes, and has missing scenes that aren't included anywhere else, including the Fort Detmering scene. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Detmering, Detmering. Um, which is like an entirely fully filmed scene that they were going to leave in the movie. It's not like crappy quality. It's it's you really think good they quality. Cut it out because of pacing or something. It's exactly why they cut it out. At okay. this point, they were like, "Look, we're already moving along." Basically, he goes to like a army base, and it's it's Ray and Winston, and it's pretty much the Ray show the entire time. Okay. So I don't want to spoil it for people because you definitely want to check it out. But shenanigans ensue, and Ray runs out screaming, oh, and Winston's oh, like, oh. "What's the problem, buddy?" He's like, "My turn." <laughs> <laughs> So now it's time to horse around with some maniacs. One of us is really going to enjoy murdering you. All right. Now, I want to preface this real quick before we get into it. I love this fucking movie. It is my favorite movie growing up. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. So much like the Halloween episode, when I sat down to write the script, I just fell into the movie. Yep. And just kind of fucked it up. You, I watched it three times. I watched it eight. Yeah. And I just kind of had it on a loop, and I just kind of jump in. Oh, I should be taking notes. So my my entire summary is actually pulled from IMDb. Okay. Like their synopsis. So I'm going to try to make it my own, but I just wanted to give credit where credit is due. This is These are not my words, and so I'm working with somebody else's material here. I have a drinking game to incorporate this with this. So if you're at the office or, you know, driving, you know, pull that bottle out from under the seat, the glove box, steal it from your boss's lunchbox and drink along with us because we're going to drink whenever the characters drink and or smoke in this movie. So we'll let you know. So the film opens. We are inside the New York Public Library where a young lady. Uh, a young librarian, an is old white bitch, <laughs> gathering books and putting things away. She's heading downstairs into like a kind of a remote section of the library, and as she's placing books on the shelves, there's sort of some shenanigans going on behind her. She's not noticing like that books are levitating across the the aisles and things like that. Supernatural jacanery. She passes the the card catalog and the Dewey Decimal Systems like fuck you, and then just like. Starts freaking out, and drawers are, like, opening and closing by themselves, and cards are being thrown and hurled into the air. And she is then frightened and screaming as all this is taking place, and she runs through the room, is being stopped, and all of a sudden... <laughs> I would love to see what they did off-screen, because it, clearly it's like they had, like, a giant, like, fan. Air cannon, yeah. Yeah, like, big gust of air as this unseen ghost frightens her nearly to death, and this leads into the title card. And we see Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. So after the title shot, the film continues uh, in the Paranormal Studies Department of Columbia University, where Dr. Peter Vankman is conducting a test on ESP with a nerdy male student and an attractive female student. You'll be jumping real quick. Uh, this kid that this guy, he looks like Modoc's son, Lou. Jufro. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. Anyway, <laughs> so um, Vankman continually flirts with this girl. What he's doing is he's like, he's got them both like queued up to like an electroshock machine and he's holding up these giant playing cards. And he's like, now try to, with your mind, tell me what's the shape on the other side of this card. And like, it's obviously a star. Peter, 
right? And it's like a circle. So like the nerdy guy gets shocked, and then he's like talking to the flirting with the young girl. Well, the thing is, he's getting them right every fucking time. No, no, she, he only gets it right once. Really? I thought yeah. he was getting it right the entire time. She, he's telling the girl that she's getting it right. She's like, "Is it a circle?" And it's like a square, Three and shit like that. Yeah. shit like that. So he's constantly shocking the dude, and he even gets it right once. He's like, "I don't know," a bunch of squiggly lines, and like Peter's like, even though it's correct, he's like. Mm, like he goes to shock him slowly <gasps> and the dude like gets shocked his gum falls out of his mouth and he's like god damn it i hate this shit and he's like what is the problem we're paying you aren't we and the dude's up, he's like you can keep the five bucks fuck this i'm out i'm, <laughs> I'm starting to get pissed off <laughs> and then he's like talking to the girl he's like you're gonna experience this a lot with your gift people are gonna be very like rude and mean and scared around you and think that's <laughs> kind of a slime ball a little bit but I get it. Trying so get some as this is taking place and, and the and the nerdy guy storms out and the and the cute chick's hanging out, uh, Dr. Ray Stance enters and is frantically beginning to tell Vankman all about the sighting of the ghost of the library. His little nerd jargon is fucking precious. My favorite, one of my favorite parts is like Peter walks up to him, slaps him. He's like, can I see you for a second? I'm right in the middle of something, Ray. <laughs> he smacks him in the face. Dan Aykroyd gets slapped a lot yes. in this movie. I think it's a three count, but then... Fucking, uh, what, Ray Stance will slap him back a couple yeah. times. It's good shit. So he's like, fine, we'll go to the library and check out your ghost. And, and Peter continues to flirt with the girl. <laughs> it's like, you should come back here and we should meet up. What time? And she's like, eight, eight? o'clock. It's like, oh, my God, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> this is clearly a gift. <laughs> so then they head to the library. Upon arriving to the library, Vankman and Stance meet up with Dr. Egon Spangler. And Egon has a stethoscope out, and he's, like, listening to the tables for, I don't know what, right? For fucking ghost stuff, buddy. Come on. <laughs> Vankman comes up behind him. Egon. He's, like, knocking on the table and slams a fucking book down. He's like, oh, you're here. Dude, I don't. They're, they're dicks. <laughs> but the comedy timing in this movie is fucking amazing. What's, what's this line? It's like. They're, they go on and he's like, what's he say? He's like, hey, that reminds me. It's like that time you tried to drill a hole in your head. And he goes, it would have worked if you didn't stop me. <laughs> Egon, this reminds me of the time you tried to drill a hole in your head. <laughs> right, right. So they go and they, they, they start to ask a couple of like personal and cynical questions to the to the library, to the librarian. She's like, um, Alice, have you or any member of your family ever been uh, like basically uh, admitted as insane? I think my uncle was Saint. My, my, my uncle, uncle thought he was Saint, Saint Jerome. Jerome. That's right. I'd give that a big yes. And he asked her, "Is she menstruating? Are you bar- currently bar- using drugs or alcohol?" She's like, "No, Alice. Are you menstruating?" The dude's right. like, like, "What does that have to got to do with it?" It's back off, man. I'm a scientist. <laughs> There's a line coming up, uh, but we'll we'll get to that. That I never heard about until this time, and it <laughs> fucked me up real bad. But. So. They head down into into the dungeon of the library yes. there, and while they're there, they they collect some ectoplasmic residue. <laughs> they discover a tall stack of books, and he's like, "It's like the symmetrical book stacking of 1948 in Philadelphia." Dude, Ray is adorable with this shit. He goes, "Listen, do you smell something?" <laughs> I never caught that line, and that had me fucked up, dude. Bankman's like, "Yes, no human being would stack books like this." <laughs> they're just they're just letting fucking Bill Murray. Do whatever he wants. And then as they're walking, this bookshelf comes detached from the wall and damn near crushes them. And I love the delivery here because Peter looks at Ray and he's like, 
this ever happened to you before? He just shakes his head no. He's like, first time? Just shakes his head yes. Just no dialogue. Yep. I'm like, all right. So they turn the corner, or the, the same place the librarian had seen the ghost, and there's this transparent form of an elderly woman who's floating and reading a book and having no idea what to do. Fankman begins to talk to her uh, <laughs> as if it's like, like she's in a bar. Yeah. And she just turns to him and goes, shh. All right, I totally have to side with the Victorian area librarian lady at this point. Do you know how fucking annoying it is to be interrupted when you're reading? <laughs> Assuming that I read, I'm just pretending. That's what that scenario is like. So the three of them know what to do. So Vankman grabs Ray by the ear. It's like, come here, Francine. And fucking pulls him around the corner. It's like, so what are we going to do? And like, who's going to who's gonna do this? And so Ray's like, I have an idea. I like, Just follow my lead. Egon pulls his calculator out to like do some. He just types. He goes, stop that. Stop that. <laughs> so Ray's like, just follow my fucking lead. I've got this. He's like, all right, just, here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Get her. <laughs> yeah, they try to bone rush a fucking ghost. <laughs> so then the ghost like basically like mutates and transforms into like this really ghoulish skeletal apparition, mm-hmm. which is a really cool effect. Oh, yeah, yeah. They- uh, scares the hell out of the three of them who run screaming from the library as like the library admin is running back. And he's like, what was it? Did you see it? And <laughs> was like, yeah, we'll get back to you. <laughs> yeah, because they don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> That's the intro to our three out of four heroes. Okay, so, you know, I'll tackle this a little later on. Go ahead. All right. So, as they've calmed down a bit, they walk back to the university, and Vankman is mocking Ray's idiotic plan, and Egon, they're talking about, like, they have enough data now that where they can probably catch a ghost, right? Mm-hmm. And Peter and Ray are drinking, so... Uh, no, not yet. Oh. Not yet. Soon, they'll <laughs> be drinking, so... Uh, Along uh, so then Egon gets a candy bar from Peter because he feels like he deserves it. He rewarded it. it. Yeah, <laughs> it's his little reward. So they get back to school, and as they arrive into their lab in the basement, uh, they see oh. that the dean is there. Cleaning house. Who tells them that their grant has been terminated due to their shoddy work and highly suspect findings, research, and methods, and this and that, and they've now been kicked off campus. Okay. Now Peter and Ray are drinking. Yep. Peter and Ray sit drinking on campus, and Ray mopes about the bleak prospects before Peter suggests that they turn this uh, events into some sort of business they can go into for ourselves. And Ray's like, you never worked in the private sector. These dudes expect results. That's right. And then it's, uh, for whatever reason, Ray, call it fate, call it luck, call it karma. I believe everything happens for a reason. I believe that we were destined to to get get thrown thrown out out of this this dump. dump. Yeah. And they actually use that in the trailer for the new flick, so that was kind of cool. And I think they're, like, drinking brandy? I don't know. They're drinking some, like, hobo. They're drinking Tin and Bray Viper just passing that little shit bottle around, but it looks like brandy, and that's disgusting. So Peter convinces Ray to take a mortgage out on his childhood home <laughs> and use it for startup capital, and he's like, at 19%, he didn't bargain with the guy. I was born there. And Peter's like... Ray, everybody has three mortgages nowadays. <laughs> you know what? When he's when he's talking like this, he reminded me of his character uh, from fucking Trading Places. Oh, yeah. He had that yuppie thing going on. So uh. the trio then start a real estate hunt uh, for their headquarters where they find an empty firehouse. Right. And Egon basically explains Just that tears it apart. Too many problems with this place. It should be condemned. Rusted load bearing right. beams and shit. Ray's like, but it's got a fire pole. You got to try this pole. We should move in tonight he's, and sleep here. He's such a fucking just child about it, and, but that's why he's the heart. And the, and the, and the real estate lady's like, well, I guess it's wow. uh, Mark, this is sold. Yep. 
Now, across town at 55 Central Park West, classical musician Dana Barrett arrives home with her groceries. Her neighbor and Uber nerd accountant, Louis Tully, stops her in the hall. <laughs> hey, Jay, I just wanted to let you know I'm having a party tonight if you're on Thursday if you want to come over. I noticed your TV was up, so I turned mine up, too. I even went on the ledge and tried to disconnect it because the creep down the hall called the super. and <laughs> Fucking, he, he's just, he's trying to get fucked. Just badges her to come to the party and this and that, and she just brushes him off. So she goes inside, and she's starting to put away her oh, groceries. It, but, but Lewis locks himself out. One of there several times throughout gag, the course of this A running film. gag here. And it works. Uh, so she notices that, that her eggs have now started to leap out of the carton and are cooking themselves on her countertop. She then hears a growling from the refrigerator and opens it to see an otherworldly temple and some dog-like creatures that say the word zoo. I never caught that. I just thought it was like, growl. Before Dana frantically slams the door shut and vacates the apartment. Yeah, uh, not going to lie, as a kid, that's scary as fuck. Mm -hmm. Also, it's still kind of scary. Back at the newly christened Ghostbusters headquarters, where <laughs> Peter's outside, he's like, you don't think the sign's too big, right? Like, people are going to miss it? it. It is. It's like a fucking two foot by foot just plaque, pretty <laughs> much. It's just white, white border, ugh, white. It's a sign. <laughs> yeah, it's a sign going out of business. hi <laughs> Uh So Ray pulls up. Everybody can relax. I found the car. <laughs> In this hearst. And he's like, no, this is great. Uh, it needs new shocks, suspension, brakes, bearings, tires. Uh, the engine needs to be rebuilt and this and that. He's like, but it was to steal it. $4,800. <laughs> uh, so Peter goes back inside. Is it a hearse? Is it an ambulance? What is it? I, th I thought it was a hearse. Maybe it's an ambulance. I think it's an old ambulance. But, I mean, shit, back in the day, kind of the same thing. Yeah. Uh, so Peter goes back inside to make small talk with the new secretary, Janine Melnetz. That's right. And waits around for some business. Then Dana arrives, seeking an explanation for her events in the kitchen. Peter, who already had berated Janine, he's like, Janine, type something, will you? We're paying for this stuff. Right. And don't look at the bug eyes. You got that bug eyes thing going on. And then immediately apologize. Hey, Janine. Sorry about the, sorry bug, about the bug eyes thing. thing. If anybody shows up, I'll be in my office. So then enters Dana, who Peter notices is a beautiful woman, runs out to meet her. It's like, I'm Dr. Vankman. Well, hold up, man. You forgot a part. Well, that's going on. Uh, mm. Egon comes up from under the desk. Like, Oh, that's... Well, you, do you think he was claiming it again? So, yeah, that's right. So, as Janine was uh, being berated by Peter, Egon's under her desk, like, fixing something. <laughs> and she's like, some people think I'm too smart because too I Too intellectual. Read. That's right. I read a lot. Do you read a lot? Print is dead. Yes. And then she's just completely ignoring me. goes... That's fascinating. I read a lot myself. Like, what are your hobbies? What do you do? And he says, I, I collect, collect spores, spores, molds, mold, and, and funguses. funguses. <laughs> Damn, Egon, you fucking pussy slayer. I forgot to mention, as Janine walks in, we get a shot of Ray fixing the engine, and he just <laughs> turns his head to check out her ass. Cigarette in his mouth. And Ray is smoking. Drink. <laughs> Here's a drink. Uh -huh, that's a drink. Oh, that's such a fun movie. All right, so... Dana, like, kind of starts to walk through, briefly explain everything that's going on while she's, like, hooked up to a machine. And They're running kinda... a diagnostics <laughs> on her. And Ray is drinking. Right? And so uh, Egon's like, look, she at least believes she's she, telling the yeah, truth. Yeah, right. She's and not he's completely like, fucked. They're going over, like, what it could be. It could be past life experiences manifesting in the world today for her. It could be this. could be that. And she's like, I don't believe in this stuff. And Peter's like, you know what? Me neither. 
It's a gift. But I'll go back to your apartment and check you out. I'll check out your apartment. Well, they're looking at Tobin Spirit's guide for all kinds of goofy shit. What was the other book? They say Tobin Spirit Guide, and then it's like, there was another book. It almost it's like a magazine. It's almost sound like Popular Mechanics, but it's not Popular Mechanics. It's so something like a, for ghosts or yeah. some shit. Um, so they go back to the apartment where Peter kind of haphazardly looks around. He's got this goofy toy. I don't even know what it is. Uh, it's like a sniffulator. All right, welcome to Spook Central. Is it too late to change the name of our podcast? <laughs> uh, this is the building. There's a building in the Central West, and that totally reminds me of this building. I wonder if Gozer worshiping cultists did the architect for that building, too. And so, as Nacho mm. alluded to, what the director did is he, like... Uh, real talk, I think Harold Ramis used to live in the St. Louis area, because that would make sense. They found this building in St. Louis mm-hmm. that they modeled the building Dana's apartment in. So, the, the apartment was just basically, up to a certain point, just standard square... Yeah. building and they they didn't have a roof like a pointed roof as this one has and they found a building in st louis that they added to it so like in the matte paintings i love these like wide shots so of the matte paintings so i good. love like the 80s did this so well and they don't do enough of that star wars nothing but trouble ghostbusters so fun when they did these shots they really need to bring this back it's yeah in it's that building basically they took two buildings and mashed it together on the painting and that's that's the appearance of this building so this building Sort of exists in New York, but you'll never find it because it does not have the t- the roof that you're right. looking for, the iconic okay. Gozer roof that you want. That exists here in St. Louis. Right. Fun, so Fun fact. Again, they're back inside Dana's apartment. They're looking around. He's just haphazardly joking. He's like, oh, this is one of the bedrooms. She's oh, like, he's thirsty as fuck. And <laughs> she's like, not giving him any there. water. She's like, what a tragedy. Mm-hmm. She's like, Dr. Vankman, you came all this way. Can you please look at my refrigerator? He's like, yeah, I'll check out your box. <laughs> the eggs are still sitting out he opens up he's like oh my god look at all the junk food and you get to see some stay puffed marshmallows on the counter what so if that'll come into play later dana essentially kicks her out or sorry kicks him out because he's like you're not like a scientist you're like a game show host and you're hitting it, on me she's like you are so weird and he takes it as like oh my god Oh, oh my god oh my god and he's like pretty much he's like hey if we solve your case maybe we could go on a date right he's and like, like get the fuck out get the you. fuck out <laughs> get out of here thirsty bastard so later on the ghostbusters sit around enjoying dinner and celebrating their first customer <laughs> did you see what uh what egon's fucking with uh-uh the neutrino one is he mm-hmm. no shit shit you not so um oh and ray and peter are drinking drink drink in the original script, they did not have proton packs. Um, Harold Ramis came in and changed that part of the script. The way Dan Aykroyd had it, they had these neutrino wands. Basically, they were like almost like magic wands. Like they had to wave it in a certain way and cast at the ghost. Expelius Lamos. And they like their uniform consisted of like a welder's mask. Um, it, That's some nerd shit. It, 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 it wasn't I'm, great. I'm glad we got what we got. It's much better that they tried to tried to make it more practical. Yes. Uh, so uh, Peter's like, Hey, look, we should uh, use some of this petty cash and uh, take her out on a loser's client. Buddy, this is our petty cash. Magnificent feast represents the last of the petty cash. Yeah. So eat slow. So as all this is happening, Janine's downstairs about to leave and the phone rings and she's like, fuck answers the phone. And she's like, yeah, okay, really? And then immediately hits the fire alarm. She's like, we We got one. And the fucking music plays. And the dude's like, oh, my God, finally a job. Run downstairs, change clothes into their jumpsuits, get in the Ecto-1, and head straight 
to the Sedgwick Hotel. All right, let me jump in real quick. I had to talk about this. So this is the first time we see the gang and their spooky Slayer get-ups, and I have to ask you, what the fuck is going on with the weed peep, the weird peepee hose on the side of their uniforms? Uh, the weird peepee hoses. They're there. They're there the entire time. I guess it's maybe I, some sort of ventilation. Yeah, but it's a hose that connects from your thigh to your like butt zone, so you can fart on your balls. Is that I, what's going on? I don't know, man. Yeah, that's always kind of fucked Talk me up. I haven't read me, man. Not and, me. I didn't direct it. But you know what? If any of our listeners know, they should hit us up on the hotline. That's 704-666-2814. What's that number again, Cincinnati, Jeff? 704-666-2814. That's right. If you think you know about the pee-pee hoses that go from your butt to your balls so you can fucking crop dust from the front to back, let us fucking know, or maybe there's some practical reason. Right? So now... The, probably pee-pee hoses. The gang's at the Sedgwick Hotel, where this uppity manager uh, informs them that... This dude's know, a really stickly McStiffler yeah, saying, he's you know? prickly. And he's like, look, the original staff knows all about the uh, incidents on, the 12th, on 12th, floor. 12th floor, and we just sort of ignore it. But he's like, it's been really bad lately. So as they, <laughs> as they line up to uh, get on the elevator... <laughs> <laughs> hotel patrons like what do you got some sort of exterminators is like, some kind of cosmonauts or something <laughs> like there's a roach up so, on the so 12th is floor. A cockroach on 12 i must be a big roach bite, bite your head, head off man, man. <laughs> it's like you raise like you're going up and dude's like I, i'll take the next one yeah good good move <laughs> so as they're as they've assured the manager they're going to take care of it they are in the elevator dude this part had me fucked up and uh they're like egon's like i really wish we had a good chance to test this equipment he peter's like what's the big deal each of us just wearing an unlicensed nuclear accelerator on our back or particle accelerator he's like turn me on and he fucking turns it on and it's like this this fucking unearthly humming egon and ray like (laughs) just ass away from away from him inside the fucking elevator like they're going somewhere that's dumb i like it though um so <laughs> uh, they exit the elevator and <laughs> they're they're obviously on high alert and they hear a noise behind them that startles them and they fire their fucking proton it's packs. Poor old maid, dude. They just shoot at the maid and they set like toilet paper on fire and they've just she's like, what the hell? <laughs> so my question is, what do you think happens to a living being if they get hit with a, you know, the fucking beam it just melts the shit out of you? I like assume just, it would burn just like it did, the, like the toilet paper. Yeah, the stuff, everything right? else. Yeah. So, I mean, even if you're not a ghost, you're getting fucked up. Yeah. All right. So they nearly kill the maid with the proton packs. They decide to split up and Ray eventually sees this round, rotund green blob that's eating everything off this service cart. It's Onion Head, a.k.a. the beloved Slimer. Yes. And uh, Ray tries to hit him with the proton pack, but misses, and it flies away through the wall. It's cool. It's like it's this little fire poof thing. And he leaves a slime, an ectoplasm slime trail behind, which is really fun. Steady ejecting everywhere. Ray calls Peter on the walkie-talkie. Peter, who is now face-to-face with the minute. ghost. Sorry, I not, I not to step on your toes, but we missed the whole part. Where fucking Ray has the cigarette just cigarette just oh. dangling off his lip. <laughs> smoking again. It, it, yep, that's smoking. Uh, the Atomic Scarecrow can do that shit like on command just because he doesn't believe in chapstick or something. That, di- <laughs> that dehydrated bitch. <laughs> so now Peter is face-to-face with Slimer, and he's on the walkie-talkie with Ray. And Ray's like, ugly little spud, isn't he? And he's like, <clears throat> I think he heard you, Ray. He's looking at me, and then he just charges him. And he, this fucking sound effects, like that, that freaks me out, man. I don't it's like good. 
And so Ray's now running into the corner as we cut away from Peter. And when he runs back, Peter's on the ground, can barely move because the proton pack's too heavy. He's just turtled. He's just covered in slimes. I feel so funky. (laughs) And we witness movie history. And Egon calls in and Ray's like, Pete Vakeman just got slimed. He's like, that's great, Ray. Save some for me. Yeah, this dude is straight drenched. (laughs) (laughs) Which is good because the running gag after this is that he never gets it. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's the only time he gets covered in goo. You, you think that was like some contractual obligation? <laughs> Just like the one time. Yeah, you can't goose me the rest of the flick. <laughs> the, the rest of the franchise. Pretty much, man. <laughs> so, uh, was that a phone? I don't know, dude. Whose phone's going off? Who didn't silence their fucking phone? I know it ain't mine. Oh, my phone's not even on me. I bet it was you. Oh, yeah, it was me. Fucking. Shut bitch. up, phone. Don't you know I'm Turn working? Shit off. This feels like a good... Holy shit! Oh, oh my God, where'd you get Is here? that a ghost? Hey, buddy. What's going on? We got hey Shake in the room. Yeah, Shake's been here the whole time. <laughs> Just hanging out. The entire time. Hey. hey! So doing a little research over here, two fun facts about our boy Slimer. Uh, one, he was based on John Belushi. Goddamn right. John Belushi. And two, the... Uh, the sound you referenced was done by Ivan Reitman. Yep. Yeah. So he actually does a lot of the sounds. He is the he's the voice who says Zool in the uh, fridge, and he is also the voice when Dana is possessed by Zool. There is no Dana. Only Zool. That is also Ivan Reitman. Yep. He he does a lot of that. I have the internet, so I have more for nice. later. You're welcome. We got the pro down at the table. Yeah. We've we just been winging it. Shake, loving it. So Egon, call, as he's calling in, he's like, hey, look, great. Uh, this thing just went into a, into a ballroom. Let's go get it. So they head into the ballroom, uh, chasing the little green ghost. The whole time I catches catch up with them, and he's like, look, man, we're working on containing it. We'll be right out. Just hang tight. They lock themselves in with the ghost. And they start to experiment by using their proton packs together. Um, <laughs> Dude, they fucked this place. Ray up. goes first and sends Slimer flying after he uh, shoots down the chandelier. And I no, love it's Ray okay. Every time. The table broke its fault. He's like, it's my fault. My fault. <laughs> he says that more than one occasion. Uh, so Egon tackles it uh, at the bar, blows the bar up, misses Slimer. They just fucked this whole they, place. Hey, nice shooting, Tex. Right. Uh, so is this. No, that, fuck it, it's and, now. And then this is when Egon jumps in. He's like, something I should have mentioned earlier. Don't cross the streams. Don't cross the streams. Total part of, uh, protonic reversal. Yeah. And <laughs> Peter's like, all right, Egon, good safety tip. Let's move on. <laughs> I like they're like, clear some room for the trap. Or no, no, it's he. It's it's fucking, uh, it's, it's Vankman. He goes, I always wanted to try this. So he grabs like, you know, the tablecloth and he gives it a tug and all the shit flies everywhere except for the flowers. It's like the flowers are still on the table. I still say this to this day and the flowers are still standing. Is this good shit. So uh, they eventually clear some room for the for the trap. They uh, capture Slimer in with the proton packs. And- Shorten your beam, Vankman. I don't want you to melt my face <laughs> off. <laughs> don't he look goes- directly into the trap. I looked at the trap, right? <laughs> That's it's because Egon doesn't usually do stupid shit, but when he does, it's fucking good stuff. Also, if you notice in this movie, never smiles. No, never cracks a smile. Yeah, he kind of does like a little half smirk there, yeah. but it's only because he's like uh, in like I don't want to say ironic misery, but he's like the gleeful just 
ghost nerd. It's a it's movies smiles a lot words. in the second one, but yes. not, never in this one. Well, it's a different movie now. Isn't so it? they finally trap Slammer and burst triumphantly through the ballroom as the manager is outside becoming super anxious. What's he say? He's uh, <laughs> like the Ghostbuster to haggle. He's like, so for trapping, uh, containing the ghost, we came, we saw, we, we kicked, kicked its ass. ass. Uh, he's like, that's going to be $4,000. We are running a special on Proton well, Packs and Recharges. And that'll come to $1,000. He's like, $5,000? I didn't I know it would be so much. I won't, I won't pay, pay it. it. So he's like, like oh, we'll just put him that's back just in fine. There. We'll just put him right back in there. And he's like, fuck, fine. He buckles. Which they've probably done maybe $10,000 worth of damage to the hotel. Oh, man. Because the whole thing is, it's that old lady's like, is my party ready kind of shit? And they just fucking murk that room. <laughs> So the successful hunt proves to be uh, the first of a sudden rash of hauntings that mean obvious big business for the Ghostbusters. Then we have a a, montage, a a series, a A, montage set to Ray Parker Jr. Super sweet. Where they're on news spots and newspaper clippings. They're on TV. Uh, Casey Kasem is giving him a shout out on the radio. Uh, Larry what? King is talking about them. What do Ghostbusters and Bro Dude Party Massacre 3 have in common? A bag of oranges. Larry King is in both of them, and he's smoking. Yeah. <laughs> I have to get a new pumpkin beer. I, I'm out. Have a course. I can take a course. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, my favorite is Ray is on the new, like a talk show, right? Like a Good Morning America. I think I have the thing. commercial they do. And, uh, like the the host is like, so here's the question in everybody's oh. mind: How is Elvis, and have you seen him lately? Right. <laughs> and Ray's like, oh. uh, and then and then enter the enter. So Dana is is jazzercising. It's like she's she's still kind of keeping up with the Ghostbusters, but like, well, yeah, she's back they have in her an apartment, open case, right? And so she's smirking at all this stuff goes on, and she catches their commercial on TV. Are you troubled by strange noise? I, and also, I love it when they say it, they walk up to a mark and then step back so the next guy can do it. Are you troubled by strange noises in the night? Do you experience any feelings of dread in your basement or attic? Are you or a family member sp- bothered by a spook, specter, or ghost? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Call Ghostbusters. We're ready to believe you. you. <laughs> I know the commercial by heart. I'm saying, man, that's what we should do for the sex line because our last bit was too sexy <laughs> and Google yelled at us for being too sexy by Gary Busey's teeth. So um, they uh, briefly, uh, sorry, uh, as we move on, Peter, mm, we can't move on because you forgot a very important part out of the fucking montage where Peter's laying in bed in some fort and a beautiful ghost woman. Shows- not Peter. What I say? Oh, it's right. It's, it's Ray. Ray. That's Ray. right. Yeah, during the montage because they're they're not getting enough rest because they're so busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Janine's getting super pissy. And uh, we witness almost phantom fellatio. Um, oh, and then we're almost to the introduction. Yeah, yeah. Ray ghost. gets a Ray gets a a, a ghost blow job. That's right, phantom fellatio. Can we so, tie, can we quickly tie back into this? Is a kids movie PG. So hold on. Well, film. yeah, yeah. Two things. One. That we, we talked about this before you got here. Um, this was not meant to be a kid's movie. This was an adult comedy horror mix that just happened to be just lo- beloved by children. And I get that. They did not intend that at all. This movie is a hard PG-13 in today's day but and this age. Is, that's the other part of that. This is, an, this is 80s PG because you know what else was PG in the 80s? Temple of Doom yeah. and Poltergeist. And God bless our parents. They're like, it's PG. You can watch it. Yeah. Dude, even as a kid. I would kid, not let my kids watch this yet. Even as a kid, I was like, Haha, that lady's going to kiss his wee wee. 
<laughs> well, as a kid, I never knew what was going on until probably until I got into my teenage years, and I figured out. See, I was getting blowjobs when I was like four. Jesus Christ! And that's why we don't talk to my uncle anymore. <laughs> yes, it's true. This man has no dick. <laughs> no, that's not true because my uncle would kiss it. Yeah, sorry. I've been very tame this episode. I think I finally got a couple beers in me. So let's go. get a little little racy up. I want to put a bow on that thought, though, because. <laughs> and throw it off this, a fucking bridge. That's how we're not going to have uh, the classics like we do because we watched them as kids and we're like, oh, these are great. And then as adults, we watch them like, oh, miss that. Didn't even realize that right. was happening. Right. I'd be like, hey, buddy, why don't you go run in the kitchen and get a snack real quick, quick while one of the Ghostbusters gets his dick sucked off by a <laughs> specter. Yeah. I'm, I, I would say as a parent, I'm pretty loose with the PG, PG-13 thing because now what would be PG back then is now PG-13 now. And if I've watched it, I'll let my son watch it if I know that it's going to be okay. And I'll let my daughter watch it when she gets old enough. So how does that work? You can... There's no nudity in PG-13. You can't show any tits about... Uh, right. It's more... It's more... Ronnie's Juicy Hog. Violence. Okay. But not bloody. Okay. And, like, usually uh, pretty heavy swearing. You can say shit. Or adult you, situations such as, like, smoking, drinking, things like that. All right. But you can't... You can only say fuck once, I think. I don't know the rules on the profanity. Oh. Well. I think the message is just now we we assess ourselves and our parents are like the MPA has our kids best interest at heart. Yeah. I mean, I was watching movies like the golden child and stuff like way back then, which definitely, you know what uh, would, would not be. Well, the best was when they PG went to now. TV and they'd be like, we'll just cut this little piece out. You know what? Shake has a good point with all that because when you hit the later Friday, the 13th, you don't even see a drop of fucking blood. You know, it's true. They get neutered. That's true. But that's the MPAA and they, sucked they hated friday the 13th oh, white bitches <laughs> that's for the empty man all right so um back to the movie uh peter now uh has briefly visited dana uh at her orchestra practice because she's i've had it mentioned earlier she's a, a, a symphony musician and what, what instrument though oh she plays the cello all right what chair uh Ooh. she's in the second row i believe i mean it was hard to I don't remember. I, I heard her chair. loud and clear. Like, yeah, and that's like, Pete's I like, don't have answers. I just challenge. Peter's like, oh, I could hear know. you loud and clear. You're the best one in your row. <laughs> All right. So that dude she walks out with who's like, you know, doing the little nasal drip and shit. Does this motherfucker kind of look like Loki a little bit? <laughs> just a smidgel. So he's getting a little jealous. Peter's kind of being a prick. Oh, um, yeah. So he, he's like, hey, look, we've discovered that like your building is associated with ancient Sumerian gods and name is Gozer and you know they're going to go over more detail but we need to go to dinner yes and Dana finally reluctantly agrees to go on a date with Peter the Ghostbusters soon hire a fourth man my yay fuck yes Winston's good. Ghostbuster now Nachos who's your favorite Ghostbuster it's Winston man Shake do you have a favorite Ghostbuster Harvey Weinstein <laughs> slash Bill Murray <laughs> uh all right, yeah, dude, I got. Can couple. we talk about how creepy he is? In this he's movie, a little rapey. Still, you in this love him, yeah, because he's, he's that fucking charm. He it, now, if he was a creeper, you'd be like restraining order. But he's got that charm. He's like right. a game he show knows host. The line. He yeah, knows, yeah, he knows the line. He knows the line. He's, he's walking it and he's tap dancing on it, and hey, you know, like I'm fun and shit. <laughs> so Winston Zedmore, played by the fantastic Ernie Hudson, a blue top, blue collar type of guy who is just looking for a job, and he. 
like Janine's interviewing him. She's like, do you believe in the paranormal, the afterlife, this, this? And he's like, if there's a steady paycheck in it, I'll believe in anything you want. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, yeah. boom, he's hired. Ray's like, that's great. Welcome aboard. And then just hands him the traps. I love the fucking Umbuga's face. Winston makes, he's like, He's smoking right, like, traps full of ghosts. He's like, like how much cancer is in this? Because I feel like I'm going to get a lot of it right now. Yeah. So they, <laughs> they, uh, they head downstairs at the same time. Walter Peck shows up from the oh, EPA. Are you talking about how they're explaining to clean the traps? That doesn't happen yet. Oh, fuck my face. Um, so Walter Peck Do shows it. up. And Peter is informed that, obviously, is a man from EPA waiting for him. Um, I like this little back. Pompous EPA delegate. He's a fucking UK cop. Condescendingly, he's like, are you Peter Vankman? He's like, yes, I'm Dr. Vankman. And he's like, what are you a doctor of? He's like, I have doctorate PhDs in psychology and parapsychology. Um, <laughs> he's like, can you explain to me about the little machines you have here and what you do? It's like, no. Not it's until like, you say the magic like, why? word. Because you didn't say the magic word. What's the magic word? Please. <laughs> May like, I please? May I please? He's like, no. No. He's like, I will come back here with blah, blah, blah. He's like, you do it. It will sue the fuck out I of you. I will sue you for wrongful prosecution. There we go. Yep. And in the basement, they're teaching Winston. How so to Peter then, you know, throws this man out while downstairs, Ray is showing Winston how to unload the ghost that they've trapped into the storage facility. While Egon admits that he is worried about the facility's looming capacity problem. And I love it where he's like, just real quick, like open it. Boom. Put it in. Boom. Close it. Boom. When the light goes green, the trap is clean. All right. Uh, also, Peter's smoking. I'm going to jump in here real quick. This is going to be a very... Peter's smoking. Ray is smoking. The trap is smoking. <laughs> Dude, it is. It I'm not is. saying no. And if not, I'm pretty sure the Proton Pack has a mouthful of char or something. All right. This is going to... This is a very unpopular opinion. And as much as I hate to say this, and as much as I hate Walter Peck, is he really wrong, though? These guys are running around town with unlicensed particle... Generator accelerators. Strep, thank you. Unlicensed. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Underline twice. But they don't cross the stream. It's fine. <laughs> Not yet. Uh, so their bags probably giving every cancer. Uh, everybody can't giving cancer to every Tom, Dickless, and Harry in a <laughs> ten foot diameter. And the cherry on the sun doomsday is they have their own gateway to a personal pocket dimension, chuck full of demons, ghoulies, and ghosts. Oh my! So Cincinnati, Jeff, I have a question to ask you: Who are you going to motherfucking call? It's the EPA. Yeah, it's it's not that the EPA is wrong. It's how Walter Peck obviously approaches the situation. Yeah, he's a fucking UK cunt. Yeah, but for sure, watching this adult is like. They really are kind of like Shit. not really toeing the line here. Again, also it's the '80s where they were still dumping toxic waste and you know things like that into the ocean. So I don't even—I didn't even realize the EPA existed in the '80s. I thought you just did what you wanted. To My do. favorite kind is of. when they go out to clean up the oil spill that Superman causes in Superman Three when his evil version rips a hole in the Dig ocean liner move. tanker. Super oil tanker. Yeah, I'm not mad. You're like wrecking a bar with peanuts or whatever superman 3 is a fucking weird i remember movie, i was like oh, 18 or 19 uh, and i was talking to my girlfriend at the time's dad and he was explaining what the epa was and i like, stopped in mid-sentence as a kind of prickish but i was like you kind I, of a prick i know what it is they come out and clean up the oil in superman 3 <laughs> and then he like tears his shirt off and he has the epa badge like tattooed on his chest <laughs> while you have abba tattooed he's on your actually ass captain america or uh captain planet captain planet you know yeah. he's a hero he's yeah, gonna he's turn pollution down, down to, to zero. zero he's fighting on the planet's side makes, that's right makes a great cup 
the uh, Pampered Chef had those growing up. There you go. There you go. Also, good move on uh, Ted Turner, the head turner, to come up with that. All right. So, uh, Ray is teaching Winston about the traps and how to clean them. Egon is worried that, uh, obviously, their their containment unit is, is being filled to capacity, and their much larger problem is that it's going to explode. And he ex- illustrates this by saying that his latest research indicates that the city is experiencing a colossal increase in paranormal activity, comparing it to a 600-pound Twinkie. <laughs> and as Peter joins them, <laughs> he's like trying to explain it. He's like, Winston's like, Tell him about the Twinkie. About the Twinkie. <laughs> All right, so this, this was what I was going to bring up earlier. So... What is the actual catalyst for all the supernatural, you know, the, the the spike in supernatural activity? Is it just all a convenience? Like, is it is it because, like, nature knows it's going to soon be dealing with the, the re, resurgence Dana's of... Dana's fridge. So, from what Dana's I understand, from what, okay. I, what I've ascertained from watching this movie a thousand times is that the building that Dana lives in, right, 55 Spook Central. Okay. Is acting up? Is, is it's a it's a <clears throat> a beacon for for summoning paranormal energy? So and why is this ship been going here, on? Here, the so whole here's time. it's been weak as it's growing stronger and it's gaining energy like a battery. Okay, it's, it's basically weakening the 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 dimensional barriers, and so now more ghosts can come and come through. And it's so thin right now that ghosts can just come and go, basically. Well, then what the, the fuck? The correct it- answer is New Yorkers are mean to each other. Think wrong of it like movie? Buffy and it's That's a That's wrong movie, buddy. Wrong movie. Oh, so it's when Melissa McCarthy shows up. <laughs> you stop uh. right there, sir. <laughs> uh. So think of it as like it's collecting a lot of energy, like a battery. And because of that, it's weakening the barriers and the dimensions. And now ghosts can come and go, but only in New York, because that's where all the energy is focused. It's not like they can show up in Africa or Australia. It's called suspension of disbelief. Very good. Yeah. Move on. Uh, I was going to say, where does Bill Cosby as ghost dad come into play? Jesus Christ. All right. No. Okay. A brief shot of the top of Dana's building shows that the dog-like gargoyle statues atop the roof are breaking apart and turn into real-life animals. Oh, yeah, and the eye. Underneath the stone. They start to shatter. You see that glowing red eye. And this is cool. Cool or fucking terrifying? I love, so when the... It's had me fucked up. Get a bunch of shots of it. Like throughout the movie, when the when the dog when the terror dogs are obviously still and stationary, but like moved around on the wires and somebody's inside them moving them, they look fantastic. The practical effects are just wonderful. Look at your fucking terror dogs over there <laughs> taking naps. Oh, Link smiling. Oh, he's <laughs> like, yeah, talk about me. Yeah, say my name. Say Link. I'm a little terror dog. Oh, am I being adorable? I love, but I love like when they're stationary. The the practical like. You know, effect of this looks fantastic throughout the movie. Well, obviously, they do some sketchy stop motion, but hey, I'd rather see that some than digital some stuff. real bad yeah, early, CG. early stuff. And it's it's bad, but it's for the time. What, what else were you gonna do? All right, so back inside now, Dana arrives home and is once again accosted by Lewis, who is raving about his party. Oh, it'll be great! You should come on by. She's like, I have a date. And he's like, Oh, well, you can bring him too. Oh, you bring him too. And he locks himself out again. I'll fine. I'll probably come by with him. It's never going to Locked out again. Um, So she gets rid of him, goes into her apartment. uh, Starts to take her fucking clothes Undressed. She talks to her mom on the phone, saying she's got a date with a ghostbuster. I know. When I talk to my mom on the phone, I take my clothes off. (laughs) She sits in her armchair for a moment before noticing that there's some growling sounds from the kitchen. And, and before Freddy she Kruger. can react, three separate demon-style arms. Dude. One of them actually looks like the terror dog arm coming mm-hmm. out of her crotch. 
basically pins her down and practically rips her clothes off, which uh, straight up, I uh, one of those arms gets a little too handsy on yeah, her you, on her you, boob. You wore out the pause button on this. Oh, you should see my VHS copy because this part well doesn't exist anyway <laughs> yanks out sigourney Wee's fucking titty for like a split second i'm like motherfucker did i just see a titty did that monster just pop a titty out for me Thanks, so, <laughs> uh, i was like pro titties but that's pt <laughs> and uh i went to collinsville all right so uh dana is then dragged into her kitchen through the kitchen door uh to one of the terror dogs uh as the Straight roller coaster rides. Right. The hell. refrigerator shuts on her, and it's shown that the gargoyles on the roof have completely broken apart, and whatever is in them is now loose as Dana is possessed off screen. Lewis's party, meanwhile, continues as he rambles on about the <laughs> what a- price efficiency of the things in his apartment, and he's like, I'm having this whole thing as a tax photo. That's why I invited clients instead of, instead Yo, of friends. friends. Lewis, you probably don't have a lot of friends. <laughs> and he's like, oh, this is the last kid salmon. Normally, it's $28 a pound. I got it for 13 Nova Scotia. Right, yes. I got it for $12 and some change. All right, so this lady in pink, this, this, you know who this is? Uh, Big Busty Blonde. Yeah. I forget her name. So this is uh, Casey Kasem's wife. Really? Yeah. Because I'm like, this this hot chick has to be somebody. She's not just some random. She's character. got a crazy hairdo beehive so, thing going on, too. Because I'm a horrible pervert and I know the monster I am, I Google to see if she had nudes. She did nudes when she was in her 60s and not in her 30s. Oh. So after I jacked off and closed the page, I uh, went back to the movie and started <laughs> doing my notes. And then my pen stuck in my hand. <laughs> it was gross. So as two more guest clients... Of Lewis's arrive, and he basically goes through their entire financial history. He's like, "Yeah, he owns a plumbing business, and she's taking a salary off a two-year bonus." It's like WikiLeaks calms the fuck down with. They this only owe ten percent left on their house, or eighteen thousand left on yeah, the house, man. and nine percent. So they're okay. Yeah, I'm like that. That's scary. <laughs> I don't know if I want to hang out at this party, but there is salmon. And then as this happens, there's a growling in the closet, and he's like, all right. <laughs> Who brought the dog? And then a fucking terror dog busts out, ruins the whole party, chases Lewis out into the hall, down through the apartment, out into the park. I love when later on when they ask the doorman, it's like, yeah, some asshole brought a cougar to a fucking party. Then later on, like, it changes to, like, somebody brought a fucking bear. There's a bear. It's fucking cougars. <laughs> So, through Central Park, before being cornered and attacked outside a fancy yuppie restaurant. Uh, dude, it's like the the, chi- the the Tavern on Green. Yeah. Or some shit like it that. It is the Tavern on the Green. That is exactly the name of it. Look at the big brain on Brad. Yeah, I've only seen this movie eight times this week and a thousand times. So, these yuppies, like, Lewis is banging on the windows. Nice and just, Please let me in. They turn. And they go right back to fucking doing. You know what? This this reminds me a lot of like um, a American Werewolf in London. I'm getting that kind of vibe going on. And I also like how they never have the the terror dog in the background. Mm-hmm. It's just all that. So Lewis is attacked and and possessed. That's right by the other. Excuse me. By Vince Clotho, the terror dog. Uh, meanwhile, Peter arrives at Dana's apartment. And stepping over the carnage of Lewis's party and door, knocks on the on Dana's door, who opens it dressed in a slinky red dress and asks, "Are you the keymaster?" I sh- I love the wind machine here. This is like a fucking Steel Panther video. She's just it's her hair is just flowing. This ethereal just wind. Peter thinks for a second, says no. Dana just slams the door. 
Yeah, dude. Knocks again. Are you the key master? Peter answers, yes. So Dana says that she is Zool, and they must prepare for the coming of Gozer the Destructor. It's like, well, actually, I'm, I'm a friend of his, and he told me to meet you here, or meet him here. Peter uh, enters the apartment, talks to her, resists the possessed Dana's aggressive dude, sexual advances. Is, she straight up says, take me now, subcreature. That is fucking hot. Uh, I love... Peter isn't such a slime ball because he totally could have banged Zool, but and you know what? It, you go to fuck Zool, and she's gonna say some really fucked up shit and make some really creepy noises. Her vagina is gonna grow teeth and just wabi cha. And also, she's super shiny. So he tries to talk to Dana, and she's like, "There is no Dana, only Zool." Yeah, I'm good. I, 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 I shit him. I shit him. Uh, and then trying to kiss Peter. Still trying to get to the real Dana Barrett. He restrains her. The possessed Dana becomes to. visibly shit. annoyed at his persistence as Peter once again inquires about the real Dana. She implies, knock shit off. Excuse me. Peter sarcastically dismisses her and gives her to the count of three to talk to the real Danas. Oh, Zool, you nut you. How many people are in there already? <laughs> With each count, Dana persists. Uh, presents further signs of possession at first demonically rolling her eyes then panting like a dog finally roaring like a demonic beast and magically floating above her bed about four feet uh okay so there's she turns over in midair there's a line she says i want you inside of me and he goes oh i think there's enough people in there already (laughs) which you know yes let's shake as you were saying peter vankman is a fucking slime ball but he's not demon raped Right. Maybe he's not into demons. Maybe he's into more corporeal well, forms. She's like roaring at him and kind of scaring him a little bit. Wearing crotchless panties and barking like a dog. <laughs> Fuck. So um, now we cut to Lewis, who's looking disheveled and generally abused. Yes. Uh, runs out of Central Park rambling and, and asks a cab, cab horse if he is the gatekeeper. Uh, and the driver chases him off, so he runs away screaming uh, about the sign of Gozer. I am Vince, Vince Clortho, Keymaster of Gozer, Volgus Lador, Lord of the Sebulba. Are you the gatekeeper? Wait for the sign. Then the prisoners will be released. You will perish in flame. You and all your kind, gatekeeper. And he fucking takes off and like trips on garbage and almost eats shit. And then the fucking, the, the, the cabbage or carriage driver's like, what an asshole. <laughs> he just pulls the carriage. I, I make the right. Rise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you the gatekeeper? Are you the gatekeeper? So the NYPD now have arrived at the Ghostbusters headquarters to drop off Lewis Tully as they have captured him. They knock on the door and Janine says, dropping off or picking up. The cop says, dropping off. (laughs) It's like, come on in. Uh, So he's been rejected by the city jail and by Bellevue psych ward. Egon looks at him briefly and is like, bring this dude inside. Lewis reveals that his name is Vince Clortho, Keymaster of Gozer. He goes on about the history of Gozer and how the god assumes various forms and would mean the destruction of the civilization he targets. I, I have this, but if you want. Go for it. Gozer the Traveler, he will come in uh, one, of pre- uh, one of the pre-chosen forms during the rectification of the Voldarian. The Traveler came as a large moving Torg. Then during the third reconciliation of the last of the McKintrick uh, supplicants they chose a new form for him that of a giant slur many shoves in Zool's new 
That of a giant slore. Many shoves and zools than what it was to be roasted in the depths of the slore yeah, that day, I can tell you. You gotta sell it. You gotta sell it. I this is the I just I always remember the last line of that. But anyway, uh I didn't sell the first one. Don't feel bad. That's all right. We fucked it up. Oh, 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 okay. So they call they call the firehouse and um fucking Vankman's talking to Egon and about the shit. Right. It's like during so he's got Lewis Tully's like Oh, he's got him hooked up to the brain calendar yeah, thing. Exactly. In, in, in the little where they gave uh Dana the diagnostic earlier. But in well, the little brain scan, it's the head of the terror doll. Did you notice what this machine so it looks different than the machine that Dana's wearing? Did you notice what it looks like? It's a calendar. It looks like almost the exact same thing that uh Doc Brown is wearing in um, No, he had like weird di- diodes. Not, and not almost I said almost. Not the exact same thing. But in oh, the it's realm. close. It's close. And Ooh. I I just love it. It just reminds me of it. Also, during that scene... So Peter calls, and go ahead. Okay, and it's just like, yeah, no, uh, fucking Zool's trying to put the moves on my would-be girlfriend I kind gave of her thing. 300 cc's of Thorazine. So back to what Shake was saying, so you're saying he went to a date with the syringe full of... Help me out here, guys. <laughs> 300 cc's of fucking Thorazine. <laughs> Guess we're just gonna keep, <laughs> what, keep what moving on. <laughs> I'm not Thorazining everybody in the house. Just have time for a hearty beat-off sesh. I say a lot of things, Chief. <laughs> I like wieners in my butt. I, I've been known to say that. Where's the button for that? <laughs> the last time you said that, Shake was here. It was Gremlins. Oh, shit. Um, so he's like, wow, these two sound interesting. We should get them together. And Egon's like, that would be a bad would idea. Be a fucking bad idea. We should probably not do that. Peter's like, cool. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to come back to the headquarters. I'm going to leave Dana here. She's clearly asleep. And she's <laughs> panning like a dog in her sleep it's kind of creepy but hot and at the same time winston and ray are driving back to the office where winston we doing the back and forth on this uh i don't have it oh pull it up real quick um but he hit me because i know it all by heart all right so you are you winston or am i ray uh i will be i'll be ray <laughs> okay hey ray do you believe in god never met him yeah well i do and i love Jesus' style you know the entire wait, what is it? The entire roof cap is made of magnesium tungsten alloy. Because he's looking at the blueprints of Dana's building. Why are you so in? <clears throat> why are you so involved with over there? Or what are you so involved with over there? He's a Shakespearean actor. Reading. <laughs> there are blueprints for structural ironwork of Dana Barrett's apartment building, and they are very, very strange. Hey, Ray, do you remember something in the Bible about the last days when the dead would rise from the grave? I remember Revelations 6.12, and I looked, and he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became as black as sackcloth, and the moon became as blood. And the seas boils, and the skies fell. Judgment Day. Also Judgment Day. (laughs) Every religion has their own myth about the end of the world. Line. (laughs) Myth. Ray, has it ever occurred to you that maybe the reason we've been so busy lately because the dead have risen from the grave? How about a little music? Yeah. Thank you, everybody. That's my acting classes are finally paying off. I should have taken Winston's. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe Deliver a little better. All right. So there go back. Or maybe talked about doing that. 
prior to six we, seconds ago. We, we did. So fun fact: we did not the revelation. We did it on the ride over to his house. No, we talked about the back and forth for a different what? scene. Uh, so it's, that's not actually Revelation six twelve. That's like six fourteen, but not three sixteen because you know what that is. You have six twelve right there. No, they fucked up. Like in the movie, they got that wrong. Oh yeah, it's like six fourteen. I don't care. Do you even Bible, <laughs> bro? Back at headquarters, Walter. You don't know what version they were reading? Walter Peck has returned with a court order and a con ed worker as well as a policeman. And he's uh, tells Egon that he uh, is going to shut down the containment grid. Dude, Egon's he, like he straight up being a bitch. Look, man, do not turn off this fucking grid. This it's whole thing's going to equivalent of dropping a bomb on the city. Yeah. Peter arrives just in time to antagonize Peck some more, uh, and he's like, "I we tried to play nice. Then you thought it would be fun, fun to insult me. Is this me. where the toaster dances? That's, <laughs> that's two. That's the remake. I like as Egon... That is not the remake that is in two. <laughs> it's from Extreme Ghostbusters. I like after... Jesus Christ. After Egon two. says that, he, he mimics like a bomb dropping like... <laughs> I love it because Peck's like, um, Officer, if he does that again, you, you can, can shoot him. He's like, don't tell him to do my job, you fucking pencil neck. <laughs> Peter's like, thank you, officer. Thank you. So the Con Ed guy reluctantly shuts down. What is that? What's that an acronym for? Con Edison. Oh, like an electric company? In New York. Ow. Anyway. They even talk about it in the second one. You're not with Con Ed or the phone company, so tell me another one. We just thought there were so many holes in First Avenue, we didn't think anybody would notice. Isn't that right, Vinny? Yo. Yo. So dumb. Right, Ziggy? Z- that's what it is. That's Yo. what it is. Huey don't ever give a cover for three hours. <laughs> the phone lines are over there. I love sorry. I love I love to. Yeah, love it's two. still fresh in your head. I'm I'm six years behind on it. It ain't fucking fresh nothing, dude. I that's my favorite one. Anyway, going on. Um all right, so they shut down the containment grid, the buzzer is sounding, there's warning signs and everything clears the building as the storage facility. Mm-hmm grumbles and destroys the basement as now all the spirits. cinder blocks are flying out of the fucking dogs and cats living together and then the fuck there's an eruption at the building and a supernatural light show occurs exactly. as all the paranormal energy bursts through the building and shoots out of the roof all the ghosts yep are not released i believe in magic and they're all like flying around and shit let me jump in here real quick go ahead so i was talking to my dad captain rob a few weeks ago about uh, and he was telling me a story when i was a kid i ate a block of cheese and i didn't poop for a week so uh they didn't feed me and they locked me in the basement no they gave me uh like half a bottle of my lanta and my dad described it as do you remember that part in ghostbusters where they (laughs) shut the power grid off and all the ghosts explode out of the building that was you you were the firehouse and the ghosts were pooped. And speaking of shitty people, here comes Ron Jeremy. Yes. So as as this is happening, uh, the police have kind of qu- like quarantined, like barricaded off the entrance to the firehouse. And one of the onlookers is Ron Jeremy. That's right. A young Ron Jeremy. Yep. yep. And he's not raping anybody. Good for uh, you. Across town, Dana immediately wakes up from her sedation, walks towards her living room window, and makes it explode. Uh, Lewis is excited, claiming this is a sign, and Janine says, yeah, that's a sign, all right, going out of business. Now, there's a part right before that uh, when Peck is screaming at them about how the Ghostbusters are responsible for the release of the ghost. No, that's coming up. 
Oh, well, so this Ray and Winston arrive and witness the disaster immediately after Peck demands that they be arrested for causing this, even though Egon and Peter warned that this was going That's to happen. Right. Enraged, <laughs> Egon says, your, your mother, mother and like launches at him, <laughs> which is very uncharacteristic. He don't do shit. He don't do shit like that. Uncharacteristic. Uncharacteristically. Um, enraged at this self-righteous blowhard, um, Egon attacks, and then everyone gets arrested. Ghosts now run rampant through the city. One of my favorite scenes. This is awesome. Is the ghost that enters through the tailpipe of the cab. Oh, zombie cab driver. And the guy gets in. So he's just he's just labeled as the driver. And it's one of the better practical effects that they use. I Because most of the ghosts are like kind of see-through. Yeah, digital. Or not digital, but. You know what I mean? Like they're superimposed onto there the There we go. This this is a practical effect. It's it's just a zombie dead cab driver, and the guy gets in. He's like, "Take me to thirty four and second or whatever the shit." Oh, is. and he does, but he drives like a fucking asshole, and he looks great. I wish we would have got more of him. This was this was really fun. Um, all this energy that's 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 being released it seems to be believe in magic, like directed magic. right at Dana's building, Spook Central. Right now, sitting in the jail. This part fucking kills Ray me. and Egon still have like the blueprints on them of Dana's building. Uh, Ray shows Egon and Peter the blueprints of Dana's building, pointing out a highly unorthodox method methods and materials, especially near the roof. Egon tells them the that the building he's discovered was designed by an insane architect surgeon named Ivo, Ivo Shandor. Shandor. In the 1920s, Shandor was discovered uh, mm. and was designed. Uh, uh, sorry, was so. He was into some freaky deaky cult shit. Yes, he was disgusted by the end of the First World War. He decided that he would try to bring about the end of the world because he was disgusted by humanity, and he started a society of gozer worshippers. I can relate. Does anybody want to make a cult? Sure. Okay, cool. Can we have Kool-Aid? We'll have flavoring. Kool-Aid costs too much, man. Uh, they performed rituals atop Dana's building, su- sacrifices. The roof was meant to be a gateway to allow Gozer into our world. Uh, it, it, when this is all going on, like the, all the, the other inmates are like slowly like leaning in, like "Damn, all right," <laughs> kind of like looking at the blueprints. Ray's like berating Peter because he's like, "For a minute, Ray, just pretend I know nothing about." physics because you don't study right he's never studied so then later on he's like let me guess he started a cult of gozer worshippers never studied and i like one of the dudes is leaning like one of the random thugs is leaning over he's like you got that you got that all down so be good for goodness sake whoa somebody's somebody's coming coming. (laughs) dude that's so dumb and then fucking uh big guy Oh, shit, dude. There's our diehard connection. We got Walter Peck and Big Guy from Family Matters who shot a kid who was Casper the Ghost who fucking Dan Aykroyd got scared out of the house. That is the full circle connection. Now, what was his name in Family Matters? Carl Winslow. Guess what his name is in Ghostbusters? Winslow Carlo. Officer Winslow. What was his profession in Family Matters? He was a police man. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was a father. Exactly. It's he was the same guy. That Do you kid get he, paid for being black? Because that kid he shot was Steve Urkel. Jesus and then he had to move from Chicago to Los Angeles. Then uh, Hans Gruber was bowling his, shit up. Then he had to go the fuck to New York. He shot a kid with Asperger's? His name was Stefan. 
No, that was the pip ass. Because he thought he shot Urkel bot, but it deflected off of him and it hit Urkel in his spine, and then he oh, fell God. down and he got a machete in the face and like fucking Michael. De- Is that how? That Why are we not like? talking about the best scene where they both get into the transmogrifier and come out as Bruce Lee's? Uh, well, everybody knows that Carlsbad and Stevel were the best parallel Carl and Steve. Those were good, too. Carlsbad and Stevel, too. All right. We are way off track for such a good oh, movie. Oh, it can go so much further. All right. Did so they were running amok. Um, Officer Winslow arrives and tells it's Reginald Vell Johnson, by the way. That's his real name. Who is the principal in uh, Invincibles? Yes, he is. Uh, that was cool. Uh, tells the Ghostbusters that the mayor wants to meet him. I love film where he's like, I gotta go. Mayor wants to rap with me about a couple of things. Right. And uh, they head down to City Hall to discuss the rash hauntings and all the things that are going on throughout the city. So Lewis now arrives at Dana's apartment, demolished and in pieces, <clears throat> introducing himself as the key master. Dude, she is straight spread eagle. She's a smiling like, Dana responds that she's the gatekeeper. They share a passionate kiss before slowly making their way up to the roof via this mythical staircase that's appeared now behind Dana's fridge. <clears throat> and just ominously lightning and all this fun stuff is going on. I'll probably say this is probably Rick Moranis' luckiest day of his life. He gets to make out with Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> I would argue they do a little bit more than that. <clears throat> oh, they fuck. And I have a... Uh... The deleted scene? Oh, <clears throat> well, I mean, that too. But I was going to say, they straight up fuck because they have to fuck because mm-hmm. I'll use crude symbolism. Key hole they fucking and i'm just gonna say it that's his baby in ghostbusters too <laughs> oscar is in fact lewis tolley's fucking babette yeah you can say shana now all you want but it's not old wrong. enough not old enough let me and 1984 lewis, to 1989 this is a five-year gap this is a like a two-year-old baby it's got not like, even that maybe one year old it's got like pajori or something it's a one-year-old baby he shrunk the kid <laughs> All right, so uh, at the mayor's office now, the four men and Peck are brought before uh, the mayor, Lenny. Um, they're both arguing their sides. Peck claims that the Ghostbusters are con artists who use nerve gas to force people to hallucinate and then have visions of ghosts where these sham artists come in. <laughs> okay, Alex Jones. And, uh, you know, take care of the ghosts. Winston steps up and defends that the things he's seen are real and will make you turn white. I love that. Also, there's a scene in the jail cell. When he goes, what's your def- what's your guys' case? It's just like, well, we're going to tell him that he's like, I need a different lawyer. I got to get my own lawyer. <clears throat> Love you guys. <clears throat> so they got like the fire chief here. Um, the bishop. The archbishop of the Catholic Church shows up. Oh, and he's surprised. like, religion doesn't do anything <clears throat> to help. Lenny's Yet again. Like, Mayor Lenny's like, your eminence. And he's like, look, uh, officially the church cannot take a stance here, but I think it's a sign from God. <clears throat> so <clears throat> while this is going on, Ray reveals that the city's headed for disaster of biblical proportions. Right. Dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. And Vankman finally appeals to the mayor by saying, look, mayor, here's the thing. If we're wrong, nothing happens. We go away quietly. We'll enjoy it. But if we're right, you have saved the lives of millions of registered voters. Yep. And the archbishops in the background just smiling going, not his head is going yeah it's like he's not wrong that is that is some smooth jazz you're playing there <clears throat> so he's like you know what get this man out of here points directly at peck he's fucking thrown out of the mayor's office <laughs> you forgot the best part 
Oh, is this true? Yeah, he's like, Ray's super pissed off. He's like, everything was fine until the goddamn containment grin was shut off by Dickless. Growing up, I had the I had this taped off television. Okay, uh, what's, what's the TV edit? Uh, it was on uh, WB KRP 11, and it was... The, the, everything was fine until the containment grin was shut off by Wally Wick here. Wally Wick. Hey, man, didn't we do Here's the thing. thing. It is, it's it's actually Dan Aykroyd who came back and did it. For the TV edits. Yes, but okay. uh, Venkman still says it's true. This man has no penis. Still counts. Yeah. Uh, no, didn't we do a bit of TV edits like back in the first season? I'm I almost so. positive. I think we did talk so about it. So find out what that episode is and hit us up on the hotline. So Peck is thrown out. Mayor's like, what do you need? And <laughs> cut to... The fucking army, <laughs> or I guess the National Guard, yeah, has he been summoned. It's a proper escort. And I got to say, when they're escorting Walter Peck out, Peter Vankman goes, I am going to miss him. Somebody <laughs> sent him a, a fruit basket. A fruit basket. <laughs> that shit, that's being an asshole. People have it. now gathered around Dana's apartment building, which is clearly the center of this entire mess. As the Ghostbusters are gearing up with the National Guard and Peter's getting in the car and he's slamming the sides. Come on! Let's run some red lights. That's good shit, man. <laughs> uh, they they cheer as the Ghostbusters arrive. Yeah, New York is fucking. Police are escorting it. them, uh, and Peter is like, you know, mugging the crowd, and he's like, hamming it. Ray stands the heart of the Ghostbusters series. The people love you, buddy. He's like, love that shirt. Hey, red, great haircut, like shit, like that. So I, it's like I, sh they show up, and there's a bunch of Jewish people praying for him, and I'm almost positive there's that rabbis, there's priests, there's all kinds of like religious. And they icons, walk into like a bar, and <laughs> no, uh, and I'm almost positive that's the dude from fucking American Psycho, or like Conan O'Brien's understood, because uh, yeah, uh, the four men put on the proton packs while the crowd is cheering and get prepared to go into the building, uh, but suddenly there's an earthquake. That swallows them. That's right. Like beneath the street along. And I love this effect. I would love to see how they did this on the stage because the street breaks apart. Like police cars are falling in. Hydrants are going off. Like they are swallowed into the earth. And everyone's like, where the fuck the Ghostbusters go? Eventually they do emerge unharmed and the crowd continues to cheer for them as they band together and head inside. <laughs> Once inside, I, the power's out. Oh, yeah. They can't yeah. take the elevator. They've got to so climb to Dana's 22nd floor apartment. What's he say? He's like, he's like, they're, they're, not, they're winded. The equipment's super heavy. And he's like, where are we? And Ray's like, ah, somewhere in the teens. And they're fucking chain smoking <laughs> this like, entire movie. So when we get to floor 20. Let me know. I'm going to throw up. So they get to this 22nd floor. And I love this. Egon goes first. And he comes out of the hallway. He looks around. And goes, Art Deco. Nice. I did. I never caught that line. That's fun. <laughs> it's like his one one-liner. All right. So is this before or after they cut to the part where it's the gatekeeper and Vince Clortho? Right after they did the dirty? Because I got a thing for that. Nope. All right. <clears throat> so while this is going on and they've walked into the apartment, um, they are talking and they see the staircase. Yes. <laughs> and Where's, Ray's where like, do you think they go? <laughs> up. Probably up. Yeah. So as they're walking to the stairs, Peter's first. There's a bunch of lightning, and he goes, "You know what? Go ahead. 
You go ahead. You go ahead. Like he makes everybody go in front of him and he goes last. And we cut to Dana and Lewis are now on top of the roof. They're lying on a very large like stone mm-hmm. table. An altar, if you will. Right? As this dark sky's looming above him. Dana gets off and Lewis is like his pants are undone. They fucked. Yeah. They they fucked. All right. At the altar of uh, you know, Gozer, Gozer, Vince Clortho and the gatekeeper turned into tear dogs. So did the power of fuck summon Gozer? The love of a man, uh, the love that a dog shares with this man is so powerful that even if you fuck a dog, you usually end up with some hefty fines and can't live anywhere near a petting zoo. <laughs> Ask my uncle. So as they are transformed into the, back into the tear dogs, the large temple doors that are on top of this uh, apartment building uh, open uh, and obviously this dim- dimension oh yes kind of opens up as the ghostbusters arrive and see that this is like obviously all taking place as they head up head up and and and, and approach the altar yes. they 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 see that gozer the gazarian the yes, gozer the gazarian has now arrived um and they assume gozer's gen uh, gender yeah, they're like, Gozer's a girl. So Gozer appears in the form of an exotic female with a tall, dark, flat top and blood red eyes. She's got that Grace Jones shit going on. Egon points out that she's not really a woman, but rather takes the shape of whatever it wants. Mm-hmm. Peter goads Ray into talking to her. That's <laughs> right. Gozer the Grazarian, as a member representative of the city, county, and state of New York, and then he just goes in this whole spiel about this bureaucratic, bureaucratic gibberish. Right. It's that, good. Stopping all this like paranormal activity and this and that, blah, 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 blah. And to which Gozer responds, are you a god? And Ray yeah. looks back at Peter and Peter looks, go on, go shakes on. his head, gives him the power fists, turns back and goes, no. Then die. She uses force lightning like fucking Palpatine and blows the fucking... Core four, like almost off the goddamn roof. Right? They they regroup. They're hanging on for life. They go, regroup go ahead, yeah. as Winston parades of Ray. When someone asks you if our God, you, you say, say yes. yes. <laughs> um. So they decide to attack Gozer, um, uh, with with the proton beams. Right. Uh, this she, is dope because she does like a nimbly fucking yeah. And uh, that's whatever is in the foreground when the stunt actress lands. She's doing it in fucking heels, too. So Nimbly jumps to avoid the streams, lands behind them. The attack proves fruitless as she disappears as they try again. Mm-hmm. And they assume that they've atomized her, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Dusted her ass. Right? <laughs> what what is, what is Peter say? Let's show this prehistoric bitch how we do things downtown. Let's show this prehistoric bitch how we do things downtown. I say that at least once a week. The Ghostbusters celebrate, but it is short-lived as Gozer's booming voice is heard over the city, demanding they choose the form of the Destructor. Peter realizes what's going on and tells everyone to clear their minds. Think of nothing but blank. Uh, otherwise, like if you think of J. Edgar Hoover, J. Edgar Hoover is going to come out down here and destroy us. Well, like we like we were saying on, on the ride over here, if somebody says, don't think of anything, my brain just automatically is like, uh, grandma's nipples, uh, the burnt watering fountain in my that neighbor's would have been backyard. A much different movie. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Well, so then suddenly you hear Gozer go, the destructor has been chosen. And Peter's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't choose anything. Egon, did you choose no, anything? No, no. Winston, did you choose anything? Mine's totally blank. What the hell? 
Ray. And then he just, he has this like little puppy dog meltdown. He's like, so before he even gets to get into what he has chosen, Egon sees it and he's like, oh my God. And then Winston, the same thing. They run to the edge. And as you see, a 10-story tall, white, puffy marshmallow man begins to walk to the walk the streets of New York, crushing everything underfoot. This is fucking terrifying because you can hear him stomping in the distance. And it's that, that fucking, the noise your foot makes on fresh. Now that like, Ray's like, I, I couldn't help it. It just popped in there. I, I I try to think of something innocent from my childhood. The, I used to remember roasting stave up marshmallows by the fire at Camp Wakanda. That's right. Wakanda forever! <laughs> They're like, what is it? It's the stave puff marshmallow man. And then Peter says to Egon, Egon, thoughts on this? He goes, sorry, Vakeman, I'm terrified beyond the <laughs> capacity well, like, for gone, rational thought. Ray's gone bye-bye, Egon, what yes. do you got? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Peter's like, I got this. He's a sailor. We just get this guy laid while he's in town and everything's good. <laughs> I mean, in theory... So is there a Mrs. Stay Puff Marshmallow woman? So as the Stay Puff Marshmallow man approaches the building, they attack him with the proton pack, setting well, him on fire. Well, hold up. Wait, okay. Can you say that one more time? What was his name? Stay Puffed. Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. Okay, thank you. I, I was hearing state, and I think That's, for the first like six years of my life after this, same boat, man. State Puff yep. Marshmallow Man. Stay Puffed. P-U-F-T. Stay. Stay Puffed. So as Stay puffed marshmallow man is approaching spook central he fucking steps on a church and peter says nobody steps on a church in my town which normally i'd be like yeah step on all the churches so they set him on fire uh as he's approaching the building and he and got a really big graham cracker <laughs> and the world's biggest hershey bar and he is fucking pissed so he goes to climb the building king kong style while on fire and the flames like shoot up at the ghostbusters it's scary as fuck and he's making Crazy noise is probably done by um, the director. I love I it is. I love when he's attacked too. His facial features almost Chucky esque. I love it. Like he's super like frowns and super pissed off. He looks he like a hit big by the toddler. proton beam. Yeah, it's he's, awesome. He's, he's mad. They did a really good job here. Scary. The Ghostbusters run for cover from the fire from the giant marshmallow man, and they appear out of ideas until Egon suggests that they could cross the streams in an effort to close the doors. And Ray's like. That makes a lot of sense. What else? I mean, hey, there's a pretty good chance. A we're slim not, chance we're we'll survive. survive and Peter's like, I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. It's like, pleasure working with you. <laughs> pleasure working with you, Dr. Vankman. <laughs> and they cross motherfucking streams. So realizing this will probably mean they're doomed, the Ghostbusters go ahead with the plan and set to finish off the god. And crossing the streams does indeed result in a catastrophic explosion, destroying the temple and incinerating the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Raining molten marshmallow all over the streets, including <laughs> raining down in an onlooking Walter Peck. He gets a good. <laughs> Back on the roof, the Ghostbusters have survived. Just as Bukaki, Gozer is destroyed, Bukaki the temple is gone, doubles, yes. the day is saved, uh, and slowly emerge from the rubber, rubble, covered in marshmallow, save Peter, who only has a little fluff on his uh, head and on his proton pack. Probably contractually obligated. Guys, don't goop me. You got me once. And they do it again in, in two. Well, like, he comes out unscathed, like, from the slime. Well, he doesn't even wear the fucking costume in the climax of the film. In which one? uniform, Part not two. a costume. Yeah, he does. Damn. He's, he's uniformed up at the end of two. You sure about that? hundred percent. Right. Gentleman's wager? Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, uh. 
So Peter finds the rocus, roasted carcass of the terror dogs. I like rocus better. And believes that Dana is dead. As oh, it's like it smells like barbecue what? dog hair. Oh, 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 oh Bankman, I'm, 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 sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm autistic, and I had a slip up kind of thing. But behind him, Dana's fingers start to crack through this hardened husk of mm. of the shell of the of dog. a hound. As the Ghostbusters quickly break it apart, freeing her and then Lewis. <laughs> Somebody turn on the lights. <laughs> Peter's like, go stop that little guy so he can look like the hero. And the day is saved as they come down to the building uh, to a cheering crowd. Uh, Vankman and Dana share a smooch. Roll credits. They do. Big credits. Uh, as, the, as the credits roll, the Ghostbusters return to the streets to che- roaring cheers of the crowd. Peter kisses Dana in front of everyone. Um, they all head into the Ghostbuster Ecto-1. Uh, except can I go with those guys? Lewis just comes out and he's like, Hi, if you want to interview me, I'm an eyewitness. As he's helped by the Red Cross into a separate vehicle. He's like, I want to go with them. So let me sum up that paragraph by saying they cross streams, nuke state puffed, and dig Dana and the dork out of the dogs. The end. <laughs> uh, as the uh, as they drive off, the green ghost Slimer from the hotel roars towards the camera as it fades to black. Very good. Very good. Thank you, Ghostbusters. Fucking awesome movie. All right, let's move on to the kill count. Do you kids want to see a dead body? Technically, we have zero. I mean, so I'm kind of thinking that when all that uh, rubble's falling off the building and they're showing it kind of like falling into the barricades, somebody had to get fucking smashed. We have an immeasurable account. Yeah, I mean, people <laughs> be dying. Who knows what the, that guy in the cab could have, you know what? Anyway, right? We, yeah, we there's no real kills. The, the I ghosts said are Stan captured. Puff was dead. And you right. said ghosts are, He's, but it's they're already dead. Right? They're, they're ghosts. Yeah. They're, so there's nothing. So you're part of this corporeal form. Uh, what we would do instead is pick your favorite moment from the movie. Oh shit, dude! Your favorite scene, line of dialogue, whatever it is. I really like the your mother when he lunges at him. The Twinkie shit's good too. I mean, pick your favorite one. You get one. Oh fucking! I'd probably say. Something about the Twinkie. Yeah. That's that's good, man. Uh, for me, it's when Ray deadpan says, it's the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. <laughs> How about you, Shake? You got anything? For me, the one that sticks out is uh, when Bill Murray does the house call the first time and it's just like <laughs> one-liner after one-liner. Right. Dude, just You should sh- leave. Oh, I'm just-, just getting shot down. Just I wonder what makes him tick. And I wonder if he wonders what makes me tick. We have confirmation... All in uniform at the end of two. Well, that looks like I'm doing a shot. All right, so let's move on to some trivia. Hello, greetings. What seems to be your boggle? My boggle? All right, some stuff you should know. In the middle of the film's initial release, to keep interest going, Ivan Retman, the director, ran a trailer that was basically the commercial for the that the Ghostbusters used in the movie. Dope. But the five five nine the five 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 number was replaced with an actual one eight hundred number, allowing people to actually call in. Callers got a recorded message from Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd saying that something to the effect of "Hi, we're out catching ghosts right now." They got a thousand calls per hour, twenty four hours a day for six weeks. I mean, that's good publicity. Because right you were there. telling me, you're like, oh, part two had much better. You know, like lead in, but like that. That's, you know, I that's was a good. That's a good. That's a good gag. Right I there. was probably like three months old. What do you fucking want from me? Uh, so almost none of the scenes were filmed as scripted. Most had at least one ad lib. Most of Bill Murray's lines are ad lib. That's a safe bet. When Lewis he didn't read the script, that's him. 
Yeah. Uh, when Lewis Tully mingles with his party guests, commenting on the salmon and all that, ad-libbed. all ad-libbed, and his one continuous shot, and almost entirely improv uh, and when Vankman mentions the time Spangler tried to drill his hole in his head, Spangler's response, that would have worked if you hadn't stopped me, was ad-libbed by Harold Ramis. Way to be Harold Ramis. That's that's a great line, too. According to Ernie Hudson, an earlier version of the script had Winston in a larger role with an elaborate backstory as an Air Force demolitions expert. Excited Dude. by the part, he agreed to the job for half his usual salary. Oh. The night before they began shooting, he was given a new script with a greatly reduced role. Ivan Retman told him the studio had wanted to expand Murray's role because it was going to be Eddie Murphy. Murphy. Yeah. Uh, but instead, they decided to take that and roll it in with Bill Murray's thing. I hate to say it, man. That's like fucking his career. Man. I got a lot to say. He's here getting, about this. He always gets fucked over and bit rolls. And Go ahead. Go in ahead. a 2015 article for Entertainment Weekly, Hudson wrote, I love the character and he's got some great lines, but I felt the guy was just kind of there. I love the movie. I love the guys. I'm very thankful for Ivan for casting me. I'm very thankful that the fans appreciate the Winston character. But it has always been very frustrating kind of a love-hate thing for me, I guess. Hudson uh, was a last-minute stand-in for Eddie Murphy, who had backed out after getting the lead in Beverly Hills Cop. Unfortunately, they shrunk the role after Superstar Murphy dropped out. So before we move on with the trivia, I want to say this. Okay. Uh, I don't know if this will ever get to Ernie Hudson, but I would love him to know... For me, and I know you said the same thing, right? Winston yeah. is your favorite Ghostbuster. Ghostbusters was such a big part of my life. When this came out, it was before I was born. And I was definitely too young at the age of three to be playing with these toys. But I, the 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 earliest memories I have before my mom got remarried, like literally the earliest memories I have, were in this duplex playing with like Janine's praying mantis like uh, car bug, yeah like the ecto-2 which was just the ecto-1 just like covered the, in slime oh that's the ecto-1a um, ecto-2 is the helicopter right yes I sorry you you're mean. being um but like winston was always my favorite from the movies from the cartoon show to the point where and my mom still has this to this day when i was in preschool or kindergarten they asked us to write what we wanted to be when we grow up and i i shit you not i do a lot of joking around here uh, I say a lot of inappropriate things. I am not kidding. This is 100% factual. I wrote that I wanted to be a black man because Winston was my favorite character. And it took me a long time for them Your to explain. Your heart was in the right place. I couldn't but... grow up to be a black man. But if I wanted to be Winston, I could be Winston. Oh, you so could. for Ernie Hudson, when I was a child, being, like wanting to be him as a white kid in the middle of Southern Illinois was a really big deal because... I didn't have to grow up with the ignorance of prejudice because I didn't. I don't have to believe in that. You're stuff. You're a fucking kid, dude. You're I, pure. I wanted to be Winston back then, and I just for me that was awesome. I I loved it, and it's all due to Ernie Hudson. I, I I'm sad that he doesn't have the love for his role in this because it was cut back that I have for him. Well, he got kind of shit on with all the dude. He even certainly, showed up to do the voice of Winston in the cartoon. And they're like, no, we got our Samuel Hall. Or it's, or, sorry, we have Arsenio Hall. And I'm not disagreeing. What the fuck is that? You. No, I'm not disagreeing. He's the dude from the fucking movie. Get him to do the thing on the fucking cartoon. But shit, what's important is that he should understand that I'm probably not the only one out there that was like that. Or maybe I was the only kid in America that wanted to grow to be a black man when he was five. I don't know. But for me, it's just, it's so important. And he's always has been and always will be my favorite Ghostbuster. He will, it'll never not be. He, he was definitely not the star of the show. No. But I loved him and I still love him to this day. 
mild shit why Winston's my favorite Ghostbuster is he's just the normal guy you can fucking relate with in this fucking chaotic world of spectral scientists and fucking making laser swords and all this fucking <laughs> shit. And you're just like, he's just like, I don't give a fuck. This is a paycheck. And I'm kind of thinking like John Nada from They Live. He's just like, I don't give a fuck. It's a fucking paycheck. I got a family and shit. But luckily, he got much more of a backstory in the animated show. He did. He which, did. And he got more screen good. time in the second movie, too. Right. But they made him shave his mustache off. So what the fuck is that? It is weird. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. It is weird. Because that dude weird. can grow a dope ass mustache. So, but I just, I just mine wasn't to say that. as heartfelt, but uh, I just wanted to say that it was just nice having somebody to fucking you know, be like an anchor in this shit while just at the world's falling apart. And he's just, he could at any point he could have bounced out. You know, this man is single-handedly responsible for me, not growing up being a racist. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know, but I just, I wanted to be Winston. I wanted to be Winston probably up until I was 10 when they like finally explained to me that I just couldn't grow up to be black. No, fuck that. If Michael Jackson can grow up to be a white man, <laughs> there's still hope for you yet, buddy. I just nope. There's not no. Ernie. Oh yeah, if you're that's, listening, that's problematic. If you ever, if you ever get to this, I'm sorry that you have this love hate relationship with your character, and it, it's it's a bummer. It's a bummer to hear. But for me, I want to let you know that this role means the world to me. I think he has he always, a heart. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. He always had some of the best, like just one line out of nowhere. Just a comment. Right. It's like you're not expecting fucking one-liners from him or or Egon kind of shit. I would I would argue that the if someone asks you for God and you say yes is probably the most quoted line of the movie. That's that and tell him about the Twinkie, man. That's good shit. Uh dude, you probably could get a hold of Ernie Hudson. Just hit him up on Twitter or some shit. I hope I hope the one day to see him in Horror Round and like actually let him know in person. Be like, look, man. He's going to be like, security, we got another one. <laughs> Zed Moore, it was super important to me. And it will be like, actually, it's Zed Moore. And you're going to be like, son of a bitch. And you're going to tear your head off and drop kick it. <laughs> All right. So back back to the show. Moving on. On the set, Dan Aykroyd referred to the Slimer ghost as the ghost of John Belushi. Slimer's gluttonous eating was based on Belushi's cafeteria scene from National Lampoon's Animal House. Which, Shake, you brought that up earlier. It's not even a stretch. I'm on board. Sigourney Weaver recalled, I once had a fire in my apartment after this movie came out, and the firemen came to put it out. One of them opened up my refrigerator and said, whoa, you better call the Ghostbusters. You know what? I, I'm, I got to jump in real quick in case I didn't say this earlier. Uh, 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 Sigourney Weaver's like super awesome in this movie, and she reminds me of like a 1940s actress kind of shit. She's snappy. She's got good comebacks. She's fucking legit. So what if what I understand is that up until this point she hadn't done comedy because like obviously she's an alien. Or alien, didn't see like alien Resurrection. But like she'd done more serious roles, and she wanted to do this because uh, where she trained to be an actress, she had done a lot of comedy and wanted to give it a shot. Really? Like, up to this point, she hadn't really done anything officially in Hollywood for it. Oh, yeah, I guess so. So that was her reason for wanting to take this role. Did you see the notes about her audition for this? Mm-mm. She, had, she prepared no dialogue and just crawled on the couch in Ivan Reitman's face and started growling and barking like a dog. <laughs> see, I, I did that with my parole officer, and that didn't pan out. He went right back. All right. You're going to love this. All right. Gozer was originally going to be portrayed by Paul Rubens. <laughs> he turned down the role. In the original script, Gozer took on the form of Ivo Shandor, the building's architect who started out as the 
started the original Gozer cult, who resembled a pale, slender, unremarkable man in a business suit. Gozer's final form was described as a David Bowie meets Grace Jones. Ivo Shandor ultimately made his appearance in the Ghostbusters video game for the first time in 2009. So you're trying to tell me we could have lived in a world of choose the form of the destroyer. <laughs> it's not for sale, Francis. <laughs> yeah. The destroyer is my bike. Paul Rubens turned it down. Ah, oh, Paul, what the fuck? Pee-wee, pee-wee. 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 There we go. <laughs> Michael Keaton turned down both Ooh, the roles. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Michael, Michael Douglas. Oh, you said Keaton. Aha! Aha! Do we could yeah, let's just do it. Michael Keaton's real name is not Michael Keaton. It's Bubba Gum Chuggles. His birth name is Michael Douglas. So Michael Douglas is Batman. However, he established yeah. He changed it. He took the stage name Keaton Taken. because yeah. there were there was actually two Michael Douglas. There was the actor, and then there was like a nightly news guy that's like famous. Um that's, so I, I only know that from the Nutty Professor. So Michael, the Ooh, old Mike one? Douglas, he's the only white man of me. We wet. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> made me moist. Made me moist. And then that's a callback to Eddie Murphy. So uh, Beetlejuice played every role in that movie. Turned down multiple paychecks. Both the roles I of hope. Peter Venkman and Doctor Egon Spangler. When they couldn't find anyone else, Hale Ramos, only intending to write the film. Decided to play Egon after he felt that he was the best person suited for the role as they couldn't find anyone else. I, I couldn't see it any other way, man. Then last, after this film, William Atherton became reviled. Oh, yeah. People would try to fight him in bars. Yep. One day, shortly after the film's release, Atherton <laughs> was walking down a stretch of 7th Avenue in New York City. Uh, entirely crowded with school buses when he heard a lot of children sounding at the top of their lungs. Hey, Dickless! <laughs> Damn, dude. I mean, so he's a jack off in this. He's a jack off in uh, fucking Die Hard. He's a jack off in Biodome. So, I mean, this dude, I'm sure he's a nice guy and everything. He plays, but he plays a good prick. He, he's like the prick of the 80s, man. You know what they say? The ultimate compliment, compliment to an actor is when, when they can't people separate. can't separate. Yeah, they can't separate. You know who's that. really good at that is uh, um, Michael, uh, Michael Rucker. Oh, my dude, I had another one. It was Jason Isaac, because you guys remember the Patriot, right? Mm -hmm. Son of a bitch. Uh, dude, Malfoy's dad or whatever the fuck, you know, Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. Dude, I'm sure, like, he's a nice guy and everything, but if I, like, tried to have a beer with him, I'd probably try to break the bottle and stab him a couple of times. He'd be like, sorry, you're a good actor. You're a good actor. That's what I tell so, the cops. So I had one more piece of trivia I came across, which was shocking to me. The original script was going to take place in multiple eras. Mm-hmm. And there were multiple crews of Ghostbusters. Yeah, like like the, firefighters and policemen. There were Ghostbusters, and the budget was three hundred million, and, not and, adjusted. Right, nineteen eighty four, three hundred million, which is like bond money today. Like it's just it's insane. Yeah, yeah. There was going to be like Ghostbusters would be like oh call the Ghostbusters, call the police, call the firemen. Like they would have been Dan a department for had the a city. Very ambitious script. He did. So now we move on to the final cut. Well, what do you know? I asked for final cut, and I got it. <laughs> All right, so this is where we talk about our final thoughts, what we liked, what we didn't like, as if, and what we would change, and then we give our rating. Uh, guests go first, so shake, please. Tell Get us what you like, what you didn't like, Get what, you do, what you do different. I wouldn't do anything different. This is just an iconic movie. Um, 
And and I hope to God you guys do Ghostbusters too because it's happening. It, it'll happen. not only is it hold up, it's just as good as one. They blend together mm-hmm. for me. I've I've mentioned before that like they just kind of flow into each other. It's it's one cohesive thing. And then um, Melissa McCarthy is just great in both. So God damn it. <laughs> Uh, give us your cut rating. is my cut is my it's a 10 this movie is a 10 it's, a it's just one of those all-time great movies that everybody's seen i can't wait to show it to my kids someday i think they'll have a blast with it but when they're 13 and older right like yeah like, <laughs> like when they're P- 17 PG. or 18 right. and they're ready i'll, I'll let them see it's just this. parental guidance when they're their own little ghostbusters they might be ready for all this. right so nachos what, what do you got for me all right i want to want to jump over to the mandela effect for a second let's have this movie let's Ernie Hudson was not Ernie Hudson, you know. He was fucking Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Yeah, yeah, Eddie Murphy. And then we have Belushi and uh, what? Who were the John other John Candy? John Candy would John, have been Lewis Tully, right? Just think of that parallel universe. I don't give a shit because I live in this fucking world, and I have the Ghostbusters I grew up with. Everybody fucking pops, uh, dude. The soundtrack, a I, fucking banger. I would have Com- seen that as a one and done. Right. A lot of those actors are kind of like that, right? And then maybe Chevy Chase is in it, and then I don't want to watch it. Ew. Uh, so this soundtrack for this shit is good. And uh, I know anytime I'm having a bad day, I put on fucking the Ghostbusters theme song. And I'm still having a bad day, but at least I'm laughing. It is laughing. not a joke. This man loves this song. Not just ironically. Like, we go to bars, he puts it on the jukebox. Dude, legit, like, my mom would have it to when I would go to Hurricanes. Like, I would drive by. She's like, cue it up, boom, go. And I would just walk in. It's one of his favorite songs. I would walk into that. Jake Steiger and I did Ghostbusters karaoke as a uh, spoken word duet. We're obnoxious. Now, you you missed this in the trivia. Um, Who sued Ray Parker Jr.? After uh, the song came out, buddy, I think it's fucking Huey Lewis in the news, right? It was in the news. That's the Huey Lewis news edition. Yeah, because it sounded very similar to a song called "A New Drug." Which I want a new drug. I I can't hear it. I, I can't. I won't hear it. I can't. I won't hear of it. Here's what I think Ray Parker Jr. is guilty of: hearing a song that had just released and being inspired by it. So uh, not you- unintentionally being inspired by it and taking it. So he did like happened. the asylum version of a song kind of thing. You take a very a, a mockbuster version. So how did, how did there's the lawsuit? It was like Ray Parker Jr. had to give Huey Lewis money, and if he ever talked about it, he had to give the money back or mm-hmm. countersuit him or something. Uh, no, it wasn't anything like that. I mean, the first part's right. Uh, Huey Lewis won the lawsuit. Ray Parker Jr. had to give money. But then Huey I Lewis think, was being a butthole. Or I think something. still has to get like so. There was like two suits. It was like the upfront cost, and then there was a the second cost where it's like, well, this franchise turned out to be fairly fucking popular, so now I want money every time the song is played, sort of thing. I can respect that, I guess. So anyway, like I'm saying, the soundtrack is a fucking ten, dude. It is a banger. The comedy timing, Thompson in this movie, twins are on it. It's it's good. Uh. I, man, and I'll say it, I think the soundtrack for part two is a little better. Dude, Run DMC's version of Ghostbusters. It's a great song. It's got Jackie Wilson. It's got Bobby Brown. Bobby, Bobby Brown. Um, uh, comedy timing's great. It's shot great. The pacing is fucking great. Uh, I do want to talk about one deleted scene real quick. It's uh, we, We've been speaking of this all night, but just not on the fucking mic. It's the uh, part where... Lewis, did we talk of this where Lewis Tully was running through when he's right before he gets possessed and uh, it's fucking Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray as the shit bums and yeah. they're fucking and uh, so Bill Murray's 
basically playing his character from Caddyshack. And Dan Aykroyd is miming his character from Neighbors, kind of vocally. So oh, hey, don't like this. He's like, hey, so I think uh, if a kung fu guy in a, box, man. in a box you got in a fight, I think I give it to the boxer. Oh, no, man, the big kung fu guy. You know, the kung fu guy be so fast like lightning. You couldn't understand it. Here we go. And, like, they're wearing fingerless gloves, and their shit's all duct taped, and they have, it's it's ridiculous. And then fucking Tolly runs by, and then they, like, whoa, what the fuck? And then, like, do, like, kung fu poses and shit. The best is they, in the background, it's hard to see what they disturb a third homeless man who, like, jolts up and scares the shit out of Murray. Should have been Harold Ramis. he's Ramos. like, oh, that? Should have been Harold Ramis. So, yeah. That's, and I don't know who that third one was. It's, 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 it's cut away real quick. It was me. I was that bum. <laughs> no, um, th- this movie's just, it's a fucking 10. I mean, like, nostalgia aside, this movie's just, the jokes land. The ghosts are cool. Super entertaining. State Puff Marshmallow Man still scares the shit out of me. I mean, I'm just going to stop or I'm going to keep going. What about you, Cincinnati, uh, Jeff? So, I'm... I mean, it's no 2006 remake, but it's pretty okay. 2016. Yeah, that one. Uh, as I've said before, and I'll say it again. God damn, I love I'm being a, a turtle. The entire franchise um, up to the remake in 2016. The I'm looking, forward, looking yeah. forward to the Afterlife one. That's going to be good. Ghostbusters 3. But for me, this is my entire childhood. We, we were so lucky to grow up in a time where... We Fuck, came in, dude. it was Ghostbusters, then it immediately ran into Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Then from there it went to X Men. Kind of sprinkling some like, G.I. Joe and Mad or Mighty Max in between there. You know. Some 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 uh uh little Transformers. But like but like mostly those three, right? So good for us, like as children. That's fantastic for us. And it, this this is my childhood. Like I said, I these are my earliest memories. I loved this. And as I said earlier, this was not meant to be a children's movie, but children loved it. I, I as a child, fell in love with it. And I love... This is, on paper, the better movie. The second one is my favorite, but that's because that's me. I love the second one so much, and I have my own reasons why. It's not that, again, not disagreeing that this is the better movie. It is, but it's just not my favorite one. I love, I love the second one. This whole thing, though... It, it's just the start of this massive franchise that unfortunately kind of fell by the wayside because you know what nostalgia I can... was not a thing for people who grew up in the 60s or the 70s it's it, nostalgia really started with our generation sucks to and be it's you now boomers. coming back <laughs> and i and i love that i wish it would have stuck around for much longer for sure i, I when the extreme ghostbusters came out in the late 90s early 2000s i was all on board with that they had the original uh ghostbusters inside of that the, the yes. training the new guys i loved well, it well it was Egon's awesome team it was like his little mm-hmm. side adventure super fun i, I want to board- the backpack and roll the thing out in my in my living room and stomped on the air i had Dude, all the toys because it came trap. it came with that guy the glow in the dark uh yep uh-huh uh i'll say it i don't hate my parents or anything but I never had a fucking proton pack growing up. I, I, I had, had a trap. I shit you not, I had every toy. It's not an exaggeration. I know. As I'm my, looking at the firehouse right fucking here. I never let my parents forget that they sold a bunch of them. Yeah. I remind them all the time that they did it. because they're not, not because they're worth a ton of money, because it's worth a ton to me. I have a few still. But. Hey, that's a pretty had, good. Cr- cr- I had a lot more. I loved them to death. I loved them so much. Well, obviously, Winston inspired me to be black. I didn't get a chance to be. I wanted to be. 
I still do. I, it's a 10. I, 10 summers out of 10 at Camp Wakanda is what I give it. Wakanda forever. Um, you know what? So, like, when your mom's on her deathbed, you just lean over and say, this was for scare factor. And then you just fucking pull the plug. No, 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 no. no, no. I that. reach and I go, who are you going to call? And then I pull the plug. <laughs> Flatline. <laughs> and then the flatliners show up. And then, oh, no, let's not even get into that. All right. So, uh, before we end, I want to thank the Patreons uh, at the Cool Brewster tier. We got Tom Aerosmith, Matt hey. Huey, John Zinkin, Ben Welly, Nozlin80. John Mitchell and Ted Esteras. Thank oh, you so shit. much. Don't forget to check us out. Here comes the spooky.com on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And if you think you're cool and want to talk some shit and you know something about the PP pipes on the fucking costume, call the hotline. Which, what's that? It's 704 2814. Yeah, that one. 704 2814. Oh, 2814. So thanks a lot for checking us out. And thanks, remember to gang. always stay. stay. Spooky! Spooky.